Welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode 181, for Saturday the 21st of December 2019. Coming up this week, I'll be reviewing my quarter four goals and letting you know what got done and what didn't. I'll have four catch-up diaries for you, recorded while this podcast was on a hiatus, and I'll bring you up to date with how things have been going with my rapid releases. So, hello. It's good to be back after a break of about a month. As you know, if you caught the five-minute update in the feed last week, you'll know that you've got two sort of bumper episodes coming up. Obviously, the first one today, just before Christmas. It's going to be quite a long episode, this one, by the time it's all stitched together. And then you're going to have a New Year episode. And I'm just checking my old um, timer, my old schedule once again. It's going to be coming up for you, that one, on Saturday, the 4th of January. And then I'll have my quarter one goals for you and bring you up to date with my writing, what's been going on over Christmas and New Year period. So why have you got these four catch-up diaries? Well, while I was dithering about what I was going to do with the podcast diary, I did feel that I wanted to just take a step back from it and just have a month. I've just been doing loads of planning and thinking and working out what I want to do next. And um, I, I really hope... I. I hope that you didn't sort of get any sense that I was kind of giving up after the rapid release because I wasn't. All I wanted to do was just step aside for a moment and think things through, just have a planning session with a clear head. And I've done a lot of that and thoroughly enjoyed working out what's coming next. I'll be sharing that with you. Um, you'll, you'll get glimpses of it in these four catch-up diaries, but I'll be confirming what 2020 looks like in that um, podcast diary episode 182 that will be dropping into the feed on January the 4th. So this very much is a reflection of what I've been doing in the month since I've been away and also a review of my quarter four goals. And as you know, it's been a pretty f- busy quarter, but I didn't want to break the continuity of the diaries. I've been doing these diaries almost, well, almost four years now and never missed a week through kind of illness, holiday or anything. So um, I did want to just, you know, keep, keep it going in the meantime um, if only for my own kind of records, um, because I did think that I would, I was, I thought it was pretty likely that I'd be giving you some updates over Christmas as, as I am doing. And then I'll let you know on January the 4th how this podcast is going to work, you know, going forward. So it is a long episode. And what I've done is I've segmented it. So you've got these kind of four diary updates. Then you're going to get my quarter four goals review. That's a pretty hefty podcast. So what I'll do is I'll break up each section with a little sting of music, you know, my version of the potter's wheel. And so what I would suggest that you do is just kind of keep stopping and starting it, just picking it up, putting it down over Christmas. And hopefully it'll give you loads of content, you know, to bring you up to date with what's been going on. I'm heading away um, to visit my mum on Thursday. So this week's diary update has been recorded early and there's not a huge amount of news in that. Though, of course, there always does seem to be, even when I say it's a quiet week, there does always seem to be some news, even when I'm away uh, on holiday. So let's start then with those four update diaries in chronological order. And then I will come back to you with my quarter four goals, reviewing the last quarter, October, November and December of 2019.
Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary update number one for week ending Saturday the 30th of November 2019. Coming up in this update, the importance of taking a break, I'm back on the book bubs, and it's back to my author work like nothing ever happened. So in terms of this week's word count, as you know, the writing is done now. There's no new writing until, and I've marked the date in my 2020 diary, no new writing now until Thursday, the 9th of January. I'm editing only and, and planning until that date. So I've got my planning scheduled between the 30th of December and the 8th of January. I've given myself a full week for planning. Then I will start to write on Thursday, the 9th of January. And I've had a good long think this week about what I want to write next. And I've been thinking about the logic of what needs to be written. And I've decided that there's no point writing any more thrillers because I'm still releasing new thrillers into February. And I've got enough for goodness sake. And, and also, I also, I said to you that with the rapid release, I've got another permutation that I can basically go and do an edit on the Don't Tell Meg trilogy. And I can bump that at the end if I want to and, and keep rapid releasing until June. I've also got something else which I'll tell you about in a moment that I've been thinking about as well. So I could also write another one for Adam Nichols and at the time of recording this I've actually just dropped Adam a note. Now Adam this week posted to say that he's not going to be collaborating. I think he's basically found that his personal voice has got lost in the collaborations. He's found that it's diluting his brand a little bit. I think he's just decided to write some books of his own now. So he's writing a new trilogy and he's publicly said, I won't be collaborating for a while now. Well, I'm in no rush to collaborate. And I've had a very happy experience collaborating with him. It was absolutely fine. Um, absolutely no complaints whatsoever. But I didn't make so much money from it that it's, that I would have to do it again. You know, if I'd made a fortune and said, well, I'm doing that again because I made so much money out of it, then, then I'd have jumped in, obviously, but I didn't. So therefore I might as well write the next one on my own. There's not a lot of point collaborating on that next one, you know, not, not unless or until it makes, uh, more money than I could, I could make myself. So I jotted him a, a note through Facebook and said, just think about this, but, uh, you know, you don't want to collaborate with anybody. I don't want to collaborate with anybody, but I would quite like to write another book in that series. And the audience has said, we'd like to see the sequel because they did enjoy writing that book. And so I said, I've been thinking it through and I can't think of a downside that if I was to write another book in the Now You See Her series, and it just went under my name, but I said, as part of that deal, I would obviously promote book one because it would be a follow on from book one. So part of the deal to make sure that you kind of get your, if you want to you know, keep your sort of intellectual property interest in it, is that book two and any subsequent books I wrote would very proactively promote the, the first book in the series. And so um, he's thinking about that. I'll let you know where we go with that. But I was trying to think, what's the downside of that? You know, because the downside is if I don't write, if I if we don't collaborate again in that series, then that book will just make whatever money it makes. But if I write another book in that series, and as part of the deal, the kind of, if you want to call it a sort of informal buyout deal, I promote that first book, then that means he makes more money because I'm promoting the series, and developing the series. So I can't see a downside to that. Uh, 
But anyhow, I've offered that to Adam and we'll see what we get done. So no point writing an AUC here until we know about that. There's no point writing in John and James's series, much as I'm, that's kind of what I feel ready to do next, um, because I don't know whether that's going to flop or whether it's going to be successful. And I have, at the time of recording, I haven't got the time scale for releasing that yet. Don't want to write any thrillers because I've, I've just released plenty of those and, I, and I'm good with that for a while. So I thought, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I know I'm going to write between January and March. Uh, I've got enough time between January and March to write another 90,000 word book. I'm good to write End of Men. Now, for those of you who pay great attention to these diaries, End of Men is the it's the literary sci-fi book that I was talking about before I got into rapid release. It's a little idea that's been buzzing around my head for a long time. I've half planned it. I've got planning files on my computer. And I was I was good to write it, I think, if I recall correctly, before I got involved in the rapid release. But um, it's literary science fiction. So it's really like the way I would describe it is it's Handmaid's Tale, but the women are in charge. That That's, you know, if you want to if you want to get an idea of where it is, it's sci fi, but literary sci fi. So I want to write it. The way I write my books at the moment, you know, there's there's always twists and turns and cliffhangers and all that kind of stuff. And I want to write more of a, a slower book, more of a literary fiction kind of book. And that doesn't mean it's going to be all kind of artsy or anything like that. I just don't want it to be as as relentless and, and twisty as the other ones I write. They're not the other ones I write are not very subtle. I'd like to have a go at writing something that's just a little bit more sustained and a bit more subtle. So I'm going to write from the 9th of January, when I start writing again, again in the new year, until the end of March, I'm going to write End of Men. Now, I expect this to be uh, a quite a difficult book for me to write, so I want to take more time with it. And I just wanted to write the book. I just want to get a draft done, for better or worse. So it might be a heap of pants, I don't know. But I, want, I just thought, I've got nothing else really to write during that period, but I want to write, I want to keep the habit up. So I just thought, let's get that book out of my system, and it might be just, it might just be rubbish. It might be an idea that really doesn't come off. And if it doesn't, that's fine. It could just sit in the drawer. At least I've kept my muscles exercised in terms of writing and planning and, and, and keeping the 5,000 word writing days up. But if it works, then I might look at um, taking my time with that, uh, you know, reading it, editing it, uh, just taking my time with it, no rush with it, and see if I can get it into a state where I might maybe run it by some agents or something like that. I might just be a little bit different with that one. And then if, again, if it's good enough, I'll get a proper edit done on it. But I'm not in any rush to have to pay for edits or covers this year. I want to concentrate in 2020 on making money from existing books, not spending new money on more books. So End of Men is what I'm planning to write between January and March of next year. Something completely different for me. And it may tank, may, it may never see the light of day, but I'm going to have a go at it, put my money where my mouth is, see if I can write that book and try writing something very different. So this week I've been editing. I had some problems with Circle of Lies. So Circle of Lies is Walk and Bay 2. It's been looked at by me. It went to Julie for a proper edit. I'm now giving it my last read through. My wife, incidentally, is also giving it a last read through uh, to just make final comments and to see if she spots anything that we've we've missed between us because she doesn't know the story, obviously. 
she's reading it as a reader would. And I've also sent it, by the way, to a couple of art readers who have already finished Left for Dead and enjoyed it and said they loved it and they've bitten my hand off to read it. So I, I really, I, I've got to submit it. At the time of recording this, I've got to submit it. It's Friday now when I'm recording this. It has to be in on Thursday, the 5th of December. So I got um, I got about a week, you know, six days to go through it and give a final read. Um, it, it is It is ready to go, but I want to give it my final final read now but also it's my last chance to make any plot tweaks that I have to make based on what I now know is in book three so um I spotted something interestingly and this is a, this is again this is only because of what I've written in plot three and I just thought mm, I just need to change the emphasis of that very very slightly knowing how it now turns out in book three so that's really all I'm doing just tiny little course corrections that no one could have anticipated at the time it went for an edit so so circle of lies have done a little bit of work on this week but I focused on the truth be told edit so that's what I've been focusing on this week and today I got up to chapter 38 of Truth Be Told, and tomorrow, Saturday, I will have finished that book. I will then give it a sweep for spellings, for punctuation. There's a name I've got to change. I realised, can you believe that I got this far into the books, and I realised that I've got a Harry and a Barry? Well, that doesn't work, does it? So I've, ch I've got to change Harry's name to Harvey. Um, I, I do this all the time with names. It's terrible. It's, uh, they're very difficult to spot, actually. I can't remember when I spotted it, but it was quite late. But yeah, I've got a Harry and a Barry. I, I don't want that. So I had a Freddie and an Eddie in the last one. <laughs> so I, I had to change the Freddie and the Eddie in the last one. So Harry and Barry, uh, Harry is now Harvey. So I've I realised it in book three. I've changed it in book three. I've got to change it in book two now obviously so that the continuity works and then I will uh, prepare it as a word file and that's going to go to Julie Cordoner on Sunday the 1st of December and Julie will have it back to me when will she have it back to me well she'll have it back after I get back from Spain sometime so ooh, I've lost it where is it Julie oh 19th of December so Julie's going to have it for about three weeks and then I get it just before Christmas I won't have time to edit it over Christmas because I'm going down to see my mum and my mum's coming up here so I've got to turn it around over a period of about six days after my mum leaves at Christmas and when it's actually due for me to submit to Amazon. So it will be tight. Um, you know, in the last uh, kind of days, it'll be a bit tight for me, but it's fine because I've got nothing else on, but I've got to edit that book. So it, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. So truth be told, finish my um, first draft edit of that tomorrow. Corrections, checks, try and get it as good as possible for Julie. Then it goes to Julie. It was Amazon payday today, so it's the 29th of November as I'm recording this. So um, as I said to you, I had two editing bills to pay today. I had got um, Helen Fazal, um, I got her to edit um, a book that she'd not had time to edit. This was actually the book that I'd commissioned from Helen. I don't know whether you remember, but I said I'd only, I hadn't really commissioned much from Helen this year because I didn't think I was going to be writing much. But I did want her, at, at the time when I commissioned it, I said to her, I want, I'd like you to do... Um, what's it called? Friends Who Lie. Uh, because she'd, uh, I'd written that while I was working uh, a lot with Helen. She'd never edited it. So uh, Helen has just finished her edit of Friends Who Lie, because that had never been through a, a formal editor. It'd been through a proofreader, that one, uh, but I hadn't put it through an editor. So I've still got that to process. I don't know when I'll do that, but I'll, 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 I'll get to it at some point. Uh, maybe in, when I'm in Benidorm, actually, I might have a look at that, because it's only, it's only very light. It's only making very small changes now. And... Um, so I, I had to pay that bill. Um, I also wanted to pay Helen some extra because she had, I don't know whether you remember this, this is going quite some time back. Helen went through the Secret Bunker trilogy and she 
altered the tenses on on that book and she offered to do that and I'd said to her at the time look I can't I can't afford this work Helen it's not budgeted um you know I've got proper edits done I can't come back to a book that's already edited and fine um but she offered to do it and she did it at a lower price and uh, I I always wanted to pay her properly for that work so because I've had some good months um I actually I built up the bill. I paid extra uh, because I, I got that secret bunker work at a ridiculous price and I really didn't want to pay that price. You know, I don't want to take the mickey. So I paid her extra. Um, so I had a bill for, for Helen this month um, and, and I kind of, that was always in my head. We, we hadn't agreed that, but it was always in my head that I wanted to pay her a fair rate for that job, even though at the time I hadn't got the cash flow for it because I was doing other things. Um, and it was a, a job that I hadn't commissioned. It, it was one that had been offered. So I wanted to pay fairly for that. And then I've also paid Julie today for her edit of um, Circle of Lies. So um, it's been quite a sort of heavy month. And do you remember what I said to you, was it last week or the week before, uh, when, I, when I was doing the weekly diaries, I'd said to you that one of the mistakes I made is that I shouldn't have paid my advertising costs out of cash. I should have put those on a credit card so it is it, at the moment you know two big editing bills it, it, it's a little bit tighter than I'd like and I've got another editing bill next month but it'll all come out in the wash the problem always is is that you don't get paid you, when I'm looking at my money I look at what I've earned in a month and I think well, that's great I'm nice and flush but of course I don't get it for three months it's not in my pocket for three months so sometimes I get my budgeting slightly out of kilter when the money's coming in it's all fine but it's not quite where I haven't quite got it in my pocket when I need it to pay the bill so um and I and I have been running things pretty tight obviously because I've been paying out you know for covers for for email advertising for Facebook advertising for lots of edits so it's been coming in thick and fast recently so it's just a reminder really that if you do a rapid release certainly on a weekly basis when it's very intense uh, try and be a bit cleverer about your cash flow than I've been (laughs) I haven't, I haven't done a very good accounting job of this. You know, everything will get paid, but I could have been a little bit cleverer about all of this. Uh, Left for Dead has had some fabulous reviews. I mean, that blog, blog tour has worked out beautifully for me. So again, at the time of recording this, um, all the reviews are four or five stars in the United States and in the UK. And I've currently got 13 um, reviews on in the UK and I've got six in the US. And I've never had that many reviews so fast on a book. So I'm a big fan of blog tours. And that got me thinking, I've not, I have not done a good job of my standalones again. So Dead of Night's got enough reviews. It's doing well. I think uh, One Last Chance has got some reviews and I, I might exclude that from this list. But it did occur to me that I, I haven't really been very clever with ARC readers and, you know, I just haven't been very clever with stuff. There's been too much on. And it did occur to me that I could take friends who lie so many lies two years after i could from march i could basically unpublish them and re-release them as a version two which is what i did with dead of night this time i kept its title but re-released it as a version two and i'm thinking of saying to sarah hardy of maybe booking them in for blog tours at two monthly intervals. So the first one would be probably so many lies in March, then what, May, June, maybe do Friends Who Lie in June, and then in, in sort of July, August, I'd do another one. And just to do a proper job of getting these out to readers and getting reviews on them. But I've been so impressed by the 
the Left for Dead experience. I'm just thinking, oh, missed a bit of a trick there. And again, it, it makes me come back to saying to you what I said to you in my review of Rapid Release. I honestly think that unless you're doing this for full time, which I wasn't, of course, really, you could do a much better job of this if you do 28-day Rapid Release because you've got time to be on top of this stuff. I just didn't have time to be on top of it. But I feel like I've just missed my opportunity getting decent reviews working on getting reviews on those books and if i if i'd put them through a blog tour on a 28 day kind of rapid release cycle that that would have worked much better so i'm considering that at the moment and i'd have to ask sarah if she would take a re-released book but in effect you know only a handful of people still have seen those books um, and I haven't got enough reviews on them. And I'd really like to crack that. I'd really like to make sure that all my, my books have got proper reviews on them moving forward. So that's just something that's buzzing around my head um, at the moment. But I'm, I'm absolutely delighted at what that blog tour did for Leffer did. I'm just so pleased. With it. I've never had a book in in such a strong position so early. I've submitted the Grid 1 to BookBub today. So I'm recording this on Friday the 29th of November. The Grid 1 has gone into BookBub. I've had a BookBub on that book, uh, but it's been knocked back the last two or three times. So I'm just doing the usual rounds. You know, when I get knocked back, I diary it. It's a month since I got knocked back. So I'm just trying my luck again. And I will keep trying my luck until they say yes. Hopefully they'll say yes at some point because it does have precedent. It has been, it has been promoted before. And if I do get a book bub on that book, I will just kind of take the money and run. I know originally I'd said to you that um, if I got a book bub on my science fictions, I would look at getting new covers on my sci-fi books. But at the moment, if I get one on the grid, I'm just going to pocket the money and run and put it into cash flow because it'd be quite handy at this moment in time, I think, because I've had so much expenditure. Um, so I'll let you know. I'll let you know in next week's update whether I get the book bub or not on that. Something that's been working for me really well with Facebook ads, and I probably mentioned this, I tried this with my friends who lie book, that I targeted expat uh, Brits living in Benidorm, actually living in Benidorm within a certain radius. And those adverts went really well in, in that people have been sharing it with their friends and they've been commenting on it. You know, there's just, it's created a nice little amount of buzz. Well, I decided to do that with Left for Dead this week, and it's done a similar thing. Um, Left for Dead is based in and around Morecambe. So I targeted uh, women who like psychological thrillers within a certain radius of Morecambe. And I'm promoting Left for Dead on them. It's doing, it's doing sort of well really quickly. So I just wanted to share that with you, that if you've got that um, potential for localization in your adverts, as I have then um, give it a try because it just seems to find its audience really naturally. You know, if you like psychological thrillers and you see a book that's written about your town, uh, you know, presumably you'd be quite interested in that. So um, the early evidence for me is that that's the case. The people in Benidorm, the people in Morecambe have both responded, have all responded well to that. And they're putting nice comments on the adverts too. So that, that's working well. It's been nice this week because I've had a lot of time to think about 2020 and I'm already, as you would guess, I mean, when when did I stop? When did I say to you that I was going to stop recording the, the weekly podcasts? And, and here I am. I'm not going to release this in the week I've recorded it because I do want to take a break. Um, and at the moment, um, you know, I'll, I'll let you hear my thought processes. What I think I'm probably going to do is record over Christmas when I've I've really shifted the end of the, the, the big work for rapid release i'm probably going to record a quarter four review for you um, and a quarter one preview and i'm probably at the moment i'm minded 
to pick up the podcast diary from the end of the year. And so the reason that I'm recording these updates is that I thought, well, if I record the updates, I won't, I won't have missed a week. It's only a month break for me. It's not a very long break. Um, and I'm, I'm sort of minded to just have that month break just when I'm finishing off the intense rapid release period, just, just for me to have a bit of headspace and a bit of thinking time. And then to commit to. 200 episodes of the diary which will take me through to may and conveniently it takes me beautifully to the four-year anniversary of the podcast so um if i continue in the new year i'll commit to the end of may and then i will have a think about the direction of the whole podcast i'll I'll think about what i want to do with it whether i want to evolve it whether i want to change the music or the title and all of that thing but i am minded to just take a month at the moment just a little bit of a break from the sort of relentless turning the podcast out. The other reason that I wanted to take a break, particularly now, is I'm going to Spain, I'm going to see my mum, I've got Christmas coming up, and it's actually really difficult for me to hit the editing targets and um, to get the podcast done. It's just going to be a real contortion for me to get the podcast done. And it's actually going to be easier for me to change the day on which I record the podcast and sometimes even to record it a couple of days after. So I was going to find it very difficult to keep up that Saturday release schedule. So again, it's convenient for me to just do these little summaries for you and then to to release them. What I was considering doing is I thought, well, I'll release this one and next week's one with the quarter four review. And then I'll, I'll do the last two um, updates um, in the last two weeks of sort of December, I'll release those with the quarter one and then you'll be kind of up to date. You won't have missed any weeks, even though I haven't been releasing them on a weekly basis. So that's what I minded to do at the moment. But it's been great for me looking ahead to 2020. You know, I've been thinking about what I'm going to write next. As I've said to you, I think that's going to be end of men. I've been thinking about the podcast. I did want to make some changes to the podcast, but looking at how it all sits in the diary, I'm thinking, well, you know, it's okay from New Year to May. That takes me to the fourth anniversary of the podcast. If I do another 20 kind of weeks, another 20 episodes of the podcast diary, that will take me through my rapid release period, whatever happens there. So I can keep you up to date with that. And if I change the podcast, then the time to change it really, a really good time to change it when I've had, I'll have had time to think about it and work on it is probably on that four year anniversary. Um, and, and to be honest with you, however, I change the podcast, I think it's pretty likely that I will keep these diaries going. You know, whatever happens, there are some extra elements I want to build into it. And in fact, when I started the podcast, there were always extra elements I wanted to build into it. So I do want to review the podcast, but actually looking just, you know, planning and thinking things through and looking how the the, the land lies in 2020, it's making more and more sense to me as I'm recording this to just do those 20 episodes till May and to park any substantial changes to the podcast until May. So that's what I'm minded to do at the moment. I'll let you know about that when we get to the kind of quarter one goals. You'll hear that in the quarter one goals, of course, in detail. So um, I did want to recommend, I was listening to podcasts again this week, as I usually do, really good episode, a really good episode of Six Figure Authors. Um, and I've not heard this anywhere before. This is why I recommend this podcast, because they're talking about stuff I'm not hearing anywhere else. Really good sequence in episode 14, talking about Google Books, Google Playbooks and Goodreads. Um, never heard this stuff anywhere. No one's talking about this stuff. Such a strong episode. But listening to it made me have a look. But basically what I did is I, I downloaded the Google Play Books on my on my phone. I usually look at it online. I don't know why I do that, but I, I put it on the phone and it looks much better on the phone. It's easier to interact with on a phone. And um, I was just looking at, because um, all my sci-fis are still on Google. All my sci-fis are still listed wide. 
And I got a check from Publish Drive this week too. And I have had some decent earnings, not not huge earnings, but decent earnings off Google. And um, I'd just kind of forgotten about it really, hadn't really thought about it, to be honest with you. And I was just, I've got loads of books reviewed. I've got lots of reviews on Google, which I'd never even looked at. I had a lovely one um, on the, was it The Secret Bunker 3, saying, you know, this is great sci-fi, every bit as good as Star Trek, Babylon 5, uh, something else. Was it Maze Runner? I thought, wow, that's a good review. Um, so I, I've had some nice reviews on Google as well, which I haven't even looked at. You know, I have, it was not been on my radar at all. So it just made me think about Google, you know, Google Play Books and, and Goodreads and all these things that I always think are a bit old fashioned um, and that I don't really look at. But the other thing that they were saying on the podcast is that the the annoying thing with Google Books is that they would discount, they would crazily discount your book. So um, if you put your book on £2.99 on Google Play and, and Amazon, Google would crazily discount it maybe to 99 pence or cents without you having any control over it. And then that would force Amazon to price match. So they'd drop the price when you didn't want to do that. Now, according to the podcast, they're saying that Google isn't doing that anymore, which is quite an important factor because when I, when I price books on Google, I just used to come up with some crazy price like £6.99 so that by the time they discounted it, it wouldn't compromise my price on Amazon. It wouldn't force Amazon to price match. So it, it sounds like you don't have to do that anymore. Now, I, I was drifting in and out. You know, when I listen to podcasts at night, I'm really, really interested. And then I fall asleep and I have to go back and listen to it. So I need to listen to that podcast episode because there's so much good stuff on it when I'm fully awake and engaged. Um, but I want to recommend it to you. Six Figure Authors Podcast, episode 14. Google Books, go Goodreads. Really listen to those sections. Very, very strong section there. And uh, yesterday, Thursday, you know, I did say to you that I was so relieved when I recorded the last episode. I said, you know, I'm so relieved not to be writing now. Um, let me tell you how I spent this week. So Thursday, my wife had a leave day and we did a book research. I had a really good day on Thursday. It was a really, really good day. And, you know, it doesn't take much to refresh me. If I have a couple of days like this, I shall be right as rain and, and good to go. You know, it, I just need a little bit of fun and a, just a little bit of a change of scene and I'll, I'll be good to go. I'm, I'm good to go now already. You know, what is it? It's not even a week since I told you I was resting the podcast. And frankly, I'm refreshed already. So, I, you know, I'm usually fairly resilient with this stuff, but I really did feel like I needed a break and I am going to maintain that break you know until the new year uh because i think it will really freshen me up and just i just need to have a break from the writing for a bit but yesterday the wife had a day off and we went to hesham we just we just had a great day um we went to the hesham i needed to go to the hesham harbor because i needed to get a sense of the harbor because the last scenes of my Morecambe bay three trilogy are there and i've been there many years ago um but I, I wouldn't claim to know it well i just wanted to get a sense of the size of it and the layout and how the ferries came in. I just wanted to sort of see it for myself, really, just to make sure. I mean, I fictionalised the harbour, and I've said that in my author notes. You know, you sometimes you have to fictionalise things. You can't entirely stay uh, on completely on fact. So it is a little bit fictional. Um, but we, it was really funny because we, we found a place to park, and, and we were hungry by the time we'd driven down from Carlisle. We found this lovely uh, cafe, got a bacon and egg butty and a cup of tea, and uh, I said to my wife, I said, this is a great location. If I write my more books in trilogy, I'm going to have somebody meeting here because it's just, it looks out over the sea, over Walker Bay. Um, it's just a great cafe, a great place to locate things. And interestingly, on this, uh, on this industrial estate, we passed it was the, the industrial unit on which the 
all the macabre going on happen in so many lies. So in so many lies, uh, the, the family own a meat factory. And I'm not going to mention any names, but um, when I taught in Morecambe, one of the kids there uh, belonged to a, a family who had a, they, they processed meats. And, you know, this is, this is complete fiction, but, but just that experience inspired the family business that the people have in so many lies in that book. And they basically, you know, they have a meat factory where they, they process meat and sell it and process meat and game. And something very macabre is going on in my fictional version. And um, would you believe it? I passed the very industrial unit that I, that I, I said to my wife, that's the industrial unit where they're cutting up the bodies, <laughs> not in real life, obviously, uh, but that's what it's based on. So we, we passed that and I got my wife to take a couple of photos as we were driving by. Um, so it, it was a really good day. And anyway, we, 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 we couldn't work out how to get into the, the docks. It, there seemed to be a lot of security around. So we parked at this cafe. We had a bacon butty and we walked and I went to chat to one of the guys, you know, in high vis jackets and said to him, how do we get in? Are we allowed in here? He said, no, this is where the lorries come in. You need to go round. And so he told us where to go in. And then I, I just discovered a whole area that I didn't know exactly existed so you go into the harbour or the docks and um you've got you, you could park up there and I, I lived in in Morecambe and Lancaster for years and I didn't realize that a train you can actually get a train that runs actually right to the harbour I hadn't realized that you could do that um there was a little single track station there and you disembark there or you park your car and then you go into a sort of a seating area where you get on the island is it the Isle of Man steam packet they call it the ferry so there was a big ferry in there while we were there so we had a good look around I took lots of photos we picked up a brochure because my wife was saying oh I feel an adventure coming on uh, we were looking at how cheap it was to jump across on the ferry and we, we I feel an adventure coming on there's a park run in the Isle of Man we're definitely going um, so I think we'll be going on the ferry at some point next year and they're not too distant future but we, we had this like wonderful adventure looking around the port and then and, and sitting in this cafe and then we went to we went and parked up on the seafront and we went to have afternoon tea at the Midland Hotel and again that was amazing I, I've passed the Midland Hotel many times and uh, you know we sat we sat um, you know I've seen it from the outside but never on the inside I just needed to get the the geography of it sorted out so we sat we, we couldn't go in the really posh area you have to pay about 20 quid each 20 20 quid 28 quid each for afternoon tea in the posh area well we didn't do that we had a cup of tea in the, in the cheapskate seats but it's it allowed me to take photographs of the expensive area kind of to peer in and to take the photographs i needed but i wasn't paying 28 quid for an afternoon tea um i i expect a night's b&b for that um so but you could also see the stone jetty from there, which is where one of the exciting scenes takes place in my book. Um, and, and so I got lots of photos inside the Midland Hotel and from outside. And I got a sense that I got my geography right in the book. And then we'd also walk to the end of the stone jetty because I have somebody tied up there when the sea's coming. And I just wanted to check that that worked too. So we just had a great time. We were only there for about five hours. Um, you know, we just drove down. Had a bit of a lie in the morning, had our breakfast, jumped in the car, down we came, and we were, we were back by dark. Um, but we just had a great day. It was just one of those great days, uh, you know, all, all in the interests of book research. And then today, I did a corporate training day today, and I had I, I was really delighted with the corporate training day because um, I, I booked it up thinking I was going to be training from ten till 
10 till 4, which is usually what I do. And I don't know what made me check the emails. I just assumed it was 10 till 4. And I'd said yes to the money. We got enough people and uh, the lady who books them for me and, and fills them up and manages the cash for me said, you know, we've got this amount of people. This is what you make. Is that okay? And I just said yes, because I, I want to kind of keep, um, I want to, I want to, you know, keep my kind of arrangements going with, with training. Um, and so I'd said yes, thinking it was going to be a six hour training day to the money that I was going to get. And then I was reading the emails and I thought, Oh no, this is only a four hour training. Um, so I've, I've done four hours training at a rate I'd have been happy to do it for, for the day. And I got to finish at 1.30, but I was thinking I was going to be working through till four today. So that was great. I, you know, I got to drive back in the light. It was just a short day. And um, so that was fabulous. So that, that was another bonus about today. Uh, but also, obviously, it's a paid training day. Um, so that's what I've been doing this week. And as I said to you, you know, I just want to have a little bit of a change next week. Um, you know, I won't be writing next week. I'm, I'm seeing some clients next week, which I always enjoy doing. So I'm catching up with a backlog with clients. And then also next week, I'm going out for a works meal uh, in the evening. And I'm also going to see Jasper Carrot and Alistair McGowan in Lancaster. Me and my wife, <laughs> we're off on the train for another jolly. We're off on another fun trip down to Lancaster um, to see Jasper Carrot and Alistair McGowan. And then I'm off to Spain, you know. So my feeling is, is that I'm just going to be really rested and refreshed after all of this. Um, you know, and I've just had a little break from the writing. And, you know, a change is as good as a rest, isn't it? And and I, I feel like I, I deserve it after the sort of 10, 10 11, 12 weeks of, of, of rapid release. Um, it's I, And I think, you know, I've always said this when I've been doing these diaries. It's really important to take breaks. You cannot work all the time um and it's been pretty intensive for me this year and i'm just making sure you know i get that space that headspace that time to breathe that time to have a bit of fun so you know too much work makes jack or jill a, a dull boy or girl and um i just felt ready for that break and i thoroughly enjoyed myself yesterday and to be honest with you because i haven't done any training recently i thoroughly enjoyed the training today it was great you know it just made the change and it was good to have the change um, so I've, what have I got to do? I've got to finish off um, Truth Be Told this weekend. Then I'm going to have a rapid read through before I go to Spain of Circle of Lies. That has to be submitted on Thursday, the 5th of December. So it's out of my hands then. That's the final version. And it gets released on Monday, the 9th of December. I'm in Spain for that week. Um, I, to be honest with you, when I'm in Spain, I was talking to um, my oldest child who's coming with me and saying, what do you fancy doing? And we both decided that we fancy being fairly lazy. We're going to sit out on the beach and sun ourselves, just enjoy ourselves rather than doing loads of tourism. So I might just edit that over the kind of seven days that I'm there, just take a couple of chapters a day. It's only going to be a light read because Helen's done the changes. on it. I've really just got to accept or reject them. Um, and it had been very thoroughly edited before. So there won't be a lot on there to do. So I'll probably do that in Spain. And when I get back from Spain, uh, Julie will have um, Walker Bay 3 edited for me. Uh, I'll get through Christmas. And then between Christmas and New Year, I'll get that final edit done. And then we're off kind of thing. We're into a brand new year at that point. And, uh, you know, new writing, and, and new, new arrangements. You know, everything's new in the new year. So um, that's kind of how things are panning out. Um, I did just want to say thank you so much for the lovely... It felt like obituaries. You know, it, it felt like... I almost felt like I got a glimpse into all the obituaries when I died last week because 
So many of you had reached out to me either on Twitter or by sending me a personal message or by sending me an email uh, telling me how much you were going to miss the show. And, um, you know, we got sort of tear emojis and things like that. Um, so I just wanted to thank you for the, you know, all the lovely notes and, and the votes of confidence. Uh, and, you know, it's really quite touching to know um, how these ramblings, these crazy ramblings of mine week after week, um, you know, people hang on to them and they, they uh, you know, one of the, I always sort of think I'm just telling you what I'm doing, but so many of you seem to sort of get tips and ideas and inspiration from what I'm saying. You know, to me, it's just me rambling on into the microphone. Um, so I got a real sense of, from your emails and your messages of the sort of the value that you get from this. And, and, and I'm recording this, you know, a week after. I know I'm not releasing it. But, you know, I, I get a lot of value from it, too. So I, I honestly think that it's it's likely to continue in the new year as I'm recording this. You know, I did say I wanted a break. I want to see whether I feel like that next week and the week after, you know, without being on the treadmill. And at the moment, I'm just going to record these so I don't have any gaps. Just, you know, just to keep the just to keep the I did a diary every week going. But I'm going to re- release them retrospectively. Um, for you and then make that kind of final call on whether I'm going to bring the diary back in the new year and so decision time one is the new year and if I don't bring it back in the new year then I might bring it back sort of after March you know after I said I was 55 as part of my new plan after 55 so I've got lots of different entry points and I really just want to see how I feel but I have to say recording this a week after I said that I was resting the podcast you know it feels perfectly all right I'm quite happy doing it um, I've just got such a routine with this. It always feels that my weekends when I record this diary. So I enjoy it and I get value from it too. So at the time of recording this, I am minded to keep it going. Thank you very much for listening. That is it for this week's podcast diary update. You're going to be listening to this about a month after I did it, but hopefully it will help you to close the gaps to see how things evolved. And that brings us right up to date now for the week ending Saturday, the 30th of November, 2019. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary Update number two for the week ending Saturday the 7th of December 2019. Coming up, that's another book ready to go. Circle of Lies is launched on Monday. The Grid One has been submitted for a BookBub promo. Once again, I'll let you know if it was a yay or a nay. And I fixed my plan to write a non-fiction book in 2020. And I'm intending to record the audio myself. I'll have more on all those stories coming up. But first, let's do the editing updates for this week ending Saturday, the 7th of December. Interestingly, um, I have now finished, 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 finished Circle of Lies. So literally a quarter of an hour ago when I'm recording this, I did the last check. So if you think about Circle of Lies, I did a first pass edit. It went to Julie. Julie sent it back to me. I did my final edit and then I've done a final pass on it simply because I had the time. And actually, my wife also has gone through it as well. And so this morning I did the very last chapters, the last changes. I made a last minute change. I just decided I'd used the proper name of a prison. And as I was reading a bit about the governor, I thought, Do you know what, just for legal reasons, I probably ought to change the name of the prison. So I have changed the name of the prison at the last moment. Um, I, I'm always very wary. Um, you know, you put that it's fiction, but I th- it, you just have to watch it when you're using real life 
location. So I'm quite careful about that. So a very last minute change. It was virtually the last thing I did was change the name of the prison. But that's polished, tidied now. I submitted it to uh, KDP, uh, to Amazon. That is the final version now. And just to remind you, if you haven't done this before, when a book is on pre-release, which Circle of Lies is, you have to submit it four days before the actual release date to give Amazon time to check it, make sure it's okay. So although I'm submitting that on Thursdays, I'm recording now, it will go live on the Monday. So that feels pretty good because also, truth be told, which is Walker Bay 3, that is now off the Julie coordinate for her edit. So I can relax now because I don't have anything to do. Well, I say I've got nothing to do. You've always got something to do. But, you know, I don't have anything I must do until Friday, the 27th of December now. And that feels pretty good because I'm off to Spain at the weekend. Off to see my mum, bring my mum back, going to do Christmas. Got lots of nice things planned over Christmas. Uh, and then when my mum leaves on the 22nd, 27th of December, when she leaves um to go back home, I will then have to start doing the edits on Truth Be Told, which will be back from Julie by then, but I won't be doing edit, editing on that one. I've got my mum up, so um, I've got to cram that into, I think it's about seven days, but I haven't got anything else on on those days. Um, it's not like I'm doing it in the evening after a day of work or anything like that, and then that book will get released on the Monday the 6th of January, and then that that's it for all the brand new books. That feels pretty good. So I, I feel like I'm, I've just broken up at the end of term. It's Christmas time as far as I'm concerned. So although when I recorded that last diary for you before I took the break, I said, oh, that's it. The book's written now. That's pretty well the editing done now. It's certainly the hard work editing done when I'm doing days at work and things like that. When I do editing over Christmas, they will be on days when I'm not in at work. I'm doing nothing else but that edit. So I can get up, do it when I'm ready finish it when I'm ready so long as it's ready for the submission date to the final submission date then I can say relatively take my time with it over that period of days um, interestingly also this week I received my first collaboration payment from Adam Nichols which was a pleasant surprise because November's gone so fast that I forgot that it was coming in and uh, Adam just sent me a note saying oh it's in the bank and I thought oh that's very nice so I hadn't expected that I mean I knew it was coming I knew roughly what it was going to be for so I've now got Adam's given me the first three months of payments I know what we've earned during those months and that's all budgeted and I've said to him now now it's down just to normal levels rather than I say you know life-changing levels I don't mean life-changing levels but levels where I can really do something with the cash it's just a little bit of extra cash I've just said, you don't need to tell me what it is now. Just pay me it on a, on a monthly basis. When he pays it, he sends you the screenshot to show you what the earnings are for that month. But I don't need to know it before I get paid. I'm happy to, to, to see it as I get paid. So, um, you know, that was nice. Another sort of income stream. And, uh, as I say, a very pleasant surprise because that topped up the income in the bank account. So. Um, things have been going well with pre-orders at the moment. Um, I'm pleased to report that Circle of Lies, well, last, when I did a screenshot of it, it had 45, but I better just actually go into Kindle now because I know those have been going up as we're getting nearer to the release of the books. So let me just go into my reports. Let me go into my pre-orders. And I can tell you that Circle of Lies has got 56 pre-orders at the moment. And truth be told, has got 32 pre-orders. Now, out of all of this, now, um, I think, was it... Um, What's it called? Now you see her with Adam. 
I think they had about 400 and something pre-orders, if I remember. So I don't count that because I did that with somebody else. The most pre-orders I've had was with two years after. I don't know why that one flew, actually, but uh, two years after had 118 pre-orders. After that, we had Friends Who Lie, which had uh, 87. We had 65 for So Many Lies and 65 for No More Secrets. And then Left for Dead was 45. Circle of Lies is 56 and Truth Be Told 32. So, you know, nothing to write home about really with the numbers of of, of pre-order copies that I get, but they are at least uh, going up and, and they're fairly healthy. Uh, when you're selling them at 99 pence and cents, it's nothing to get too excited about, but it is nice to be making some pre-orders at least. So um, that's pre-order news. Let me get to my general news now. And I submitted the Grid 1 to BookBub this week. And I think is it the third time or the fourth time? I have had a book bub on the grid one, but it's some time since they let me have another one. And, and the news is they knocked me back again. I didn't get a book bub for the grid one. So, you know, that's frustrating. I would quite like to get one on my sci-fi soon. At the moment, I'm alternating the grid and the secret bunker on monthly intervals. So when is the secret bunker next out? Um, the 25th of January, is that? No, 25th of December. So secret bunker one, I could resubmit for a book bub on Christmas day. I won't actually do it on Christmas day, I doubt. And the grid, you know, will be in January sometime. So I'm just going to keep submitting those month after month after month until either I get fed up and give it up as a bad job or until they say yes and they give me another promotion again. Now, this is going to be one of these weird things I can only say a little bit about. I can't say much about it because when I got the email, it said, I can't remember what the turn of phrase was, but it basically said, please don't discuss this. It's fine. I, I won't discuss it in detail. But I just wanted to let you know that I've been invited to an Amazon program and it allows me. I was I was invited to one of these programs on a previous occasion. This is it's a different program that I've been invited to. And they invited me to submit the Don't Tell Meg Trilogy book three last time. And if you listen very attentively to these diaries, you'll know that I said, well, unless I'm missing a trick, I don't want to submit the last in a series to anything because all they're going to do is promote book three, which is completely disjointed and will make no sense to you if you've not read books one and, and two. So I, I knocked them back on this that occasion. But on this occasion, um, they're promoting book one in a thriller trilogy. And of course, that means if they're promoting book one, I then get the read throughs on book two and three. So this is very attractive to me. Now, under this scheme, they pay me a fixed bounty at the end of the promo period. But I'm, I'm allowed to take my income from book sales, which is fantastic as well. They offered me a, a couple of different territories with different time commitments. But I've gone for the most lucrative territory over the shortest time scale. Now, I apologize that that's fairly cryptic. And those of you who know my books well will probably be able to figure out which book I'm talking about. But it did say, you know, please don't discuss this. So I'm, I'm not going to give you the detail of it. But um, that came out the blue. I can only assume it's because those books sell consistently and are reviewed at a good level. Uh, but I'm hoping that that will do or it, I, I'm pretty sure it will drive some traffic to sales and uh, to reads as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Now, that's going to I put it in for a three month period. And I don't know when it's going to run from. I basically had to submit an email and confirm that I wanted to do it. And then I think I'll get a start date at some point and that will 
mark the beginning of my three-month promo period. So um, we'll just have to see how it does. But I know at least I'm going to make a certain amount of money from it, which is uh, always very nice. And actually, um, again, I won't discuss the details, but the amount of money I'm going to make from it is worth having. It, it's worth me doing. So um, that's all I can say about that. So I'm sorry that's cryptic. I kind of want to tell you about it, but I'm not supposed to tell you everything about it. So hopefully that satisfies both parties. I've also, and I have to remember to keep doing this because my sci-fi books are listed wide. I am allowed to promote them in Kobo, obviously, and, and Google. So I have promoted my sci-fi books in some Kobo promos this week. And these, these promos are rolling and some of them they take 10% or a percentage of the sale. Others you pay about three, six pounds. Those are the cheap ones. Sometimes you pay 15 and you could pay much more than that, but I never do the expensive ones. And they always create, because I'm always promoting the first in a series, they always create a little flurry of sales. It just means that you could, you know, just about see the life support blip on Kobo, um, when I do them. So, um, I have submitted and been accepted for the Grid 1 Fall of Justice in a kids and young adult promo. And that runs between December 9th and December the 15th. And also, I've promoted Phase 6 in the sci-fi, in a, just a general sci-fi promo. And that runs December the 9th to December the 15th. Now, one of those was three quid. One of those was six quid. And of course, because I'm always, you know, pr cross-promoting series or the Grid is the first in a series, I'll probably, I'm fairly likely to make that money back, even if it's quite a quiet promo but I still am doing these promos where I could do them I do them because it, it it just generates a bit of life support on on some of these science fiction books but I don't have a massive amount there's nothing really organic happening in any kind of big or exciting way with those books which is why I'm really hanging out to get that book but that's that's what will really move the needle and get you in, in earning into a couple of thousand three four maybe thousand dollars um, over the course of that promo which is worth having now, uh, as I've been thinking about 2020, it's been very exciting for me sitting down with my planning sheet, working all this out, looking at this blank space now, which isn't completely dominated by this rapid release. And it just, it feels sort of so invigorating. There's so much air blowing in my schedule at the moment. It's quite intoxicating, to be honest with you. So I, I, I think I've already said to you that I wanted to do a non-fiction book. I, I did write, uh, two to three years ago, seven non-fiction books. They were all on geeky topics. And I did that because it's much easier to sell non-fiction books. And they, they were produced at a rate of knots. They all made money. They supported me on courses at the time. They reflected the courses that I was teaching at the time. And I sold them to people who attended the courses. So without making a fortune, uh, they were responsible for making a reasonable amount of money. And until I really learned how to market my Facebook non-fiction book was actually my bestseller for some time and it wasn't a bestseller in a huge way but at a time before I'd made a thousand dollars in a month on my fiction you know it was it was my bestseller at that time um, and and it was just below those levels I think it was you know it was doing okay it was selling some some copies so I, I want to return to non-fiction but I, I want to return to non-fiction in a way that means I don't have to keep updating the book so for instance was it LinkedIn I think I did a, a LinkedIn book and then as soon as it was ready, LinkedIn completely changed the interface and I had to change all the images inside the book. So I, I need to come up with nonfiction books that aren't packed with with images uh, that are packed with texts and how to's and guidance and lists and things like that, um, you know, in a way that doesn't date very quickly. 
And, um, but I also, with my nonfiction, because my nonfiction effectively is just like doing this podcast diary. It's me. It's my voice. There's no character voices or female voices to do. It's just, it's just me and my voice. That's how I write my nonfiction. So I'm very happy to record that as an audio book in the way that I'm not touching my fiction at all. I will not touch my fiction. That's going off to professional voice actors, but I really would like to get another audio book out and I'd like to get that out as a nonfiction book. So I've decided what my non-fiction book is going to be and just like um, I told you last week my next fiction book which is going to be End of Men is uh, because I've written all my books for this year and, and, and my next targets are going to go from my 55th birthday to my 60th birthday so I've got long-term targets coming next that's really what I'm I'm thinking in that block of five years next so I'm quite happy to write a book like End of Men for Fiction, which is experimental for me, which pushes me a bit and which might not even make it to publication. I'm happy to say, let's give this a try. Let's get this out of my system. And if it fails and it never gets published, that's fine. It's three months work and I'll have learned something in the process. Now, I've never written a book that didn't get published yet. That's just kind of not in my personality. So I expect that End of Men will will be published in some form or another. It's what I would like though to do is I, I really want to push for something that I might be able to look at, um, getting some agent interest in. It's going to be a, a literary fiction sci-fi book. And I say it might fail terribly and I might just self-publish it and say, this is not something that an agent's going to see. It'll be perfectly reasonable science fiction. Um, but it might not be suitable for an agent when I finish it. Just not the right kind of book. So I want to do that. I want to start that journey and see where it takes me. And that'll run from January to March. But I also want to do a non-fiction book. And what I've decided to do, and this reflects suggestions from a couple of you who emailed in as well. I'm just going to write a book about uh, podcasting, setting up a podcast. Now, what I find with podcasting um, often is, is that it gets over geeked, is that people will say, right, to start a podcast, you need to spend a thousand quid on a microphone and setting up a studio and all that nonsense. And as you know, I don't do that kind of nonsense. It's, it's, it's too much. The average person who starts a podcast doesn't survive beyond 10 episodes. There is absolutely no point spending 500 quid on an expensive microphone. So I want my podcast to show the way I do it. Obviously, we all do it slightly different ways. Also to include what I could do that is unique, which is a lot of the stuff that I've picked up from radio about planning presentation, about reading scripts and producing scripts. And, um, and then, but also showing you how you could do it pretty well for free. So it'll just be my podcasting technique. And the aim will be for somebody to get those first 10 episodes done, uh, without any great expense. And then after 10 episodes, they'll know whether they like it or not, and whether they want to continue. There's always plenty of time to spend thousands of pounds on microphones, but I would never recommend that. I would always say start small and scale it up. So I'm going to write a book about how I podcast, a non-fiction book. This will start in January. And when I've written that book, I'm going to voice it up. I'm going to create an audio book of it. And again, that is literally, for me, just an exercise in finding a format for non-fiction that is, is more timeless, is more evergreen, of finding a way of the bits that need to be updated um, taking those out of a book. So, so one great way, for instance, is if you've got, you know, my favorite, um, a page of links. Here's some links if you're interested in podcasts. Now, clearly some podcasts close over time and some, some keep going and new ones come along. So clearly if you put a page of links on that page of links might 
might expire at some point or might be irrelevant. So it makes more sense to have a link to a special page on a website where you can update those without having to update the book. So I, I, this is literally an exercise for me in producing a non-fiction book, thinking about how I tackle the question of it being evergreen or not being evergreen, and of me then recording that book and uploading it to Find Away Voices, which is where I'll put it this time, and launching a, a simple audio book. So it's a non-fiction book with an audio book. And I'm using it really to systemize, to work through the process. And what you'll get at the end of it is a perfectly reasonable book. Might not be a bestseller, but it'll be a non-fiction. So it's, it's an exercise for me. It's a journey I want to take. It's a learning process that I want to go through. I will end up with a book and I will end up with an audio at the end of it. Uh, it's not necessarily my big bestseller, but it's a meaningful book which I'm qualified to to publish. I've done well three hundred whatever it is episodes for this podcast, uh, however many it was for the crypto podcast. I also have set up and uh, obviously supported the episodes that we do in the corporate podcast that I set up. So I feel pretty well qualified uh, to do that. And I've also helped a couple of you set up uh, podcasts or certainly advised you uh, on a, a couple of podcasts. So I've kind of got my system, my process uh, fixed in my head now. So that's another 2020 project. So you, I can tell you what I'm doing and, and this will be reflected in my quarter one goals for 2020 between January and March, then end of men, science fiction, literary style book, writing a a fiction book and a non-fiction book on podcasting and recording and uploading the audio for that. Those are my writing aims in between January and March. I wanted to mention the self-publishing conference in Leicester. This is held by Matador Books. I've got a lot of time for Matador Books. If you really can't face the tech and the geekery and everything, doing everything yourself, but you want that kind of halfway house, you want to publish it yourself and you want to have more control, then Matador uh, Books are the place to look. And I've interviewed several people on this podcast who have published through Matador Books. And I've never heard a complaint about them. Uh, you know, they, they come very highly recommended. I've, I've met the team as well because I've been to this self-publishing conference. So I just wanted to set the date. They've got the early bird tickets on. It's in Leicester, 2020, Saturday, the 25th of April, 2020. And if you go to the link selfpublishingconference.org.uk, you'll be able to get an early bird ticket if you're really quick with that. Now, I always have to put a question mark over this because uh, Leicester is not a brilliant journey from where I live. Um, but I've been to one before. It's a great event, really good event. Uh, but as I say, what puts me off personally is only the Leicester factor. But if you're close to Leicester and you're in the market for a really good self-publishing conference, then I would recommend that. And just incidentally, it's worth me pointing out that although it's held by Matador Books, you almost don't get a sell from Matador at all. I mean, they ought to be flogging you their services as far as I'm concerned with my marketing head on, but actually they don't do that. They All they do is they facilitate a really great self-publishing conference over a day, very friendly event, loads of talkers and speakers to choose from. And if you can get to Leicester, uh, highly recommended. It. It's a very cheap event as well. Another thing that I want to recommend to you, I've got a couple of recommendations actually this week, is I wanted to recommend Sarah Painter's podcast. Um, I always, it's one of my general recommendations anyway, it's a good listen. Um, but Sarah's episode 58, I specifically want to point out to you because it was a personal episode. So often Sarah interviews authors and actually, um, you know, I'd have to say, I, I, I like the personal episodes. She's doing a lot more personal episodes now. And um, it's a bit like my podcast diary, isn't it? You know, you get to hear what's going on, what's working, what's not working. I find that stuff fascinating. And this was one of those personal episodes. And, and what's really interesting in, in there is that um, Sarah has 
been traditionally published and more recently she's started to self-publish and she's had great success with uh, not only a self-published non-fiction book she's also written her first trilogy or self-published her first trilogy and that has enabled her to release her husband from his day job so she's having tremendous success with this and and it's a really good listen because Sarah explains uh, how being traditionally published effectively knocked her confidence in that she was in this situation where she was almost waiting for approval and that she could submit work. She could work on something for months and then submit it. And an agent could then say, Oh, you know, don't like it. Thanks very much. You know, we're not going to do anything with this. And, and she was talking about how much confidence it's given her as a self publisher because, you know, clearly her work still has those quality thresholds. But if a, an agent doesn't like it, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, if you think it's a good book and you're proud of it, you publish it. And as Sarah has proven, you make good money from it and release your hubby from having to do the day job. And um, so I found that a really interesting interview because so many of us will aspire to be traditionally published. And I've not heard that take, that angle on being an indie author before. So I highly recommend um, The Worried Writer, episode 58. And actually, it's a great podcast anyway. So put it on your your listening queue um, would be my recommendation as well. Um, what else have I got to tell you? Oh, I, a couple of people who've, who've emailed me. And um, it, it's interesting because last week I said that it felt a little bit like I'd passed away. And these were like obituary columns with people uh, expressing concern about the podcast possibly finishing and uh, me taking a break. And I, you know, I thank you for that. You know, I take it with the, with the spirit that it was intended. Um, but I, I, I keep getting uh, messages from people and people that I haven't, uh, even talked to before, which is really lovely. Um, you know, people have, uh, as people are listening to the podcast, some people are catching up as they're hearing it. They're, they're taking the time and the trouble to drop me notes. And I, I, I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. And, um, and, and actually reading those notes and seeing how much the podcast is valued and why it's valued is what's made me, um, re- reconsider stopping it. Um, now, uh, a friend of the show is, uh, Pip Reed. And uh, now uh, you've, you've got these sort of showbiz names, Pip. So I think you're, are you pop Pip Reed for showbiz, but Pip Dumill on, on the emails. Um, so I think Pip Reed's kind of like the showbiz name. Um, but, uh, Pip sent me an email. Um, and thanks for your comments about the podcast, Pip. I know you've been a long, term listener to the podcast and Pip's just uh, passing on some comments about what the show might evolve into in, in the future and um, I, I won't mention those uh, comments uh, Pip but you know what what you've done there is um, you know this really useful um, I've, I've obviously had ideas about how I might if I continue the podcast in the long term I've obviously had some thoughts about that but you've given me some nice podcast title ideas and some some great concepts there as well so thank you for taking the time to do that uh, Ian Schofield has also contacted before and Ian has uh, done similar to Pip actually um, has, has just given some ideas about what he would quite like to see me doing in the future and, and giving me ideas of non-fiction books and things like that and I you know I find this really interesting because uh, you as listeners um, you know what it's like when you write a book you're terrified. You don't think it's very good, but when other people read it, they they see different things in it. And it's the same with this podcast. You know, I I do this podcast and just think it's me bumbling every week. And what's very clear from the messages that you sent me is, is that you get much more from it than that. And and for that, I'm extremely uh, grateful. So, you know, if if you feel that having heard me 
rabbiting on every week. There is something I ought to be doing as a book, something that you feel that you'd like to know from me. Do, do drop me a line, uh, as, as Ian and Pip have done, because that's quite interesting for me to know. And it might just help focus my thoughts when I'm uh, doing nonfiction. Because I do want to return to nonfiction. I do want to come up with a nonfiction brand. And I write nonfiction under the author name P.T. And at the moment, I've pretty well got, I've got um, my MailChimp book sells well, actually, um, and the WordPress book. And I, I, I may or may not update those. I'm still not quite sure because they date fairly quickly. But I, I would like to get a, at least three or four non-fiction books out over 2020 so that I could re-establish my non-fiction brand and, you know, you know, base that around the training that I do and around these podcasts as well. So that there's that nice link. And I could mention, if you want to start a podcast, take a look at my book, buy my audio. I've got kind of those referrals if I continue the podcast. So yeah, any, any thoughts you've got, things that you feel that you hear me talking about a lot, you feel that I um, could, could write a useful non-fiction about, uh, please drop me a line and let me know. Okay, uh, that's it. You're up to date once again. I am in Spain uh, next week, so there's not an awful lot going to get done. What I'm planning to do is do lots of running along the the front at, on Benidorm. There's a lovely beach front. I've I've got my Strava out and and mapped out a five kilometer route. So I shall be running in the sun um, on the front at uh, Benidorm. I plan to sit on the beach in the sun so long as there's lots of sunshine I'm probably because I do like to keep myself busy I'm probably going to work through the edit of Friends Who Lie um, which Helen has given me uh, as her final edit now so I just need to go through those final edits and then that that's quite a productive thing I can do when I, I need something to kind of keep me challenged cerebrally I will be watching loads of dodgy cover bands in seaside bars and uh, generally just enjoying myself, you know, going on trips and having a lovely week off. So it really does feel like I've broken up uh, for Christmas now. So that's how I'm spending my next week. I'll still have a short update for you, of course, uh, with my writing progress, because there's always things going on. And obviously Circle of Lies is released uh, on Monday as I'm recording this. So I will record another diary update next week. Though I do expect it to be a little bit shorter. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening. That is it for this diary update. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary Update, number three for the week ending Saturday the 14th of December 2019. Coming up this week, just when you thought it was all over, I released another new book this week. I've just spent the week in Spain, but was it all sunshine and sangria? And it's Action Stations once again. My sci-fi series is getting released out of the blue. Welcome to this week's Author Diary. Slightly out of sync this week because I've spent the week in Spain. I'm just back from Spain and I'm recording this retrospectively. If you're confused, you won't believe how much I'm confused by all of this, but it should, by the time it's all sticky taped together, it should all work sequentially, I think. So let's take a look at this news then for the week ending Saturday the 14th of December. And of course, Circle of Lies was released on Monday and... I've been sort of editing it. It's nice and tight now. Uh, there were no last minute panics or anything like that. And actually it released on the Monday that I was in Spain. It was a little bit surreal, really, when you're away and then this book suddenly goes live. Um, but off it goes. I'm quite confident of it. It's a nice, tight sort of rattle along book. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just sort of confident about the book. People seem to like the first book, Left for Dead. And so this is more of the same. And truth be told, is more of the same again. 
by which I don't mean that it repeats, but just that if you like one, I think you'll like the others. I think you'll be engaged with the characters. So uh, that felt good to get that book out of the way. I got a book bum notification telling me that they were giving me a new release alert. So those new release alerts are great, actually, in that they... Uh, all the people who are sort of following you on BookBub. And you do actually accrue quite a lot of those when you do BookBub ads. You get quite a list fairly quickly with that. But all those people who've ever expressed even half an interest about my books then get this notification saying that my latest release is available. I mean, you can't knock that. And I have to say, I think that's a really nice uh, positive feature that BookBub make available to people who use their services. Uh, you know, I certainly wouldn't knock it. Um, I don't know how many sales it gives you. There's no way of tracking that, but it's it's great uh, free web traffic to get. It's like having a partner who emails on your behalf. So uh, you really can't knock that. So in terms of building, you know, having a profile, an author profile on, on BookBub and encouraging people to follow you on your profile, you'll see that on my writing websites that I have that that book button there and on my sci-fi website it goes to my sci-fi author page and on my thriller website it goes to my thriller book author page it's really worth even if you never advertise on BookBub, it's really worth uh you know getting your books listed setting up your author profile and using their their infrastructure to to help yourself because you could do an awful lot for free on BookBub without uh, spending any cash now, because Circle of Lies is the second in the series in a trilogy, I haven't promoted Circle of Lies other than obviously to my my mailing list and on social media and Facebook. But I wouldn't send adverts to Circle of Lies. Instead, I try and chuck people in on the first book. So the, the adverts to book one, Left for Dead, are continuing. And really what I'm interested in with the trilogy is getting them to like book one, and then they read through the sequence to book two. And I'm getting a lot of uh, pre-sales on Circle of Lies. Um, before release, um, I had 104 pre-sales on Circle of Lies. Um, and my previous, my personal previous record before that was 118. I got 118 pre-sales on two years after. Circle of Lies this week had 104 um, pre-sales on launch day. Um, and that's considerably more than I've ever had before. But of course, it's considerably fewer than I got when I released with Adam Nichols, and I was trying to remember how many I got with Adam Nichols. You probably remember this stuff better than I do, and I couldn't find a, a note of it anywhere. But I, I think wasn't it? It was a lot, wasn't it? Eight hundred and something with Adam Nichols. Or that feels like a ridiculous figure, but but wasn't it something like that with Adam Nichols? It was way more than I could achieve on my own. But these are my personal bests now: one hundred and eighteen for two years after, one hundred and four for Circle of Lies. So, in a small way, it at least feels good to have you know, just move the needle up a little bit higher, even though it's not that higher. I was hoping when I was in Spain to edit Friends Who Lie. Now, Friends Who Lie, um, I think I commissioned two books with Helen Fazar this year. And the first one was So Many Lies. And that was released several weeks ago, of course. And then Friends Who Lie, um, which was originally called Who to Trust. This is the book that's set in Spain. I'd also said to Helen, when you can fit that in, can you do me an edit of that? And this was done ages ago, long before I sorted out a rapid release. So it's been on the books in the diary for a long time. So Helen returned that to me. She's done her edit because that book had never had a formal edit. I, I got a proof on it. And obviously I read it several times, but I never got a formal edit on it. And it was commissioned with Helen before I started working with Julie. So that's why that book went with Helen Fazal. So I, I've had that 
book back for a week or so. Um, and I was hoping that it would be a little beach job in Benidorm that I could, I could go through it and give it my final read. But um, I didn't get around to that. <laughs> I had more, I had more fun things to do in Spain, like going on little visits and I was running every day in Spain. And frankly, the weather was beautiful and we were out on the beach and just enjoying the sunshine. So I, I, I didn't get to that. Uh, I'm afraid I got to reading. I was, I've been reading a nice little, um, psychological thriller when I was out there but I really didn't feel like I did some work actually when I was in Spain but I that wasn't the work that I did I'll I'll I'm gonna have to schedule that because I need to get that sorted at some point I'm not quite sure when I'm gonna squeeze it in probably to be honest with you um I'm gonna get I'm gonna get the the edit from Julie Cordner of Truth Be Told very shortly that has to be my next priority I have no editing time um before then so Truth Be Told is going to be my editing priority and then I think I'll have to just do that. It won't take me long. I'll do that final read on Friends Who Lie. So I'll probably make that my first job of the new year, I suspect. But I'll confirm that with you when I give you my kind of quarter one goals. So yeah, truth be told, he's back from Julie on the 19th of December. I can't touch it between Christmas and New Year because I got I got my mum up um, until when's my mum up? Um, she's here over Christmas. So I'm, I'm going to be leaving on th- Thursday, the 19th of December. I'll be nipping over to see my mum. I'll be there till the Sunday after driving my mum up. And then she won't go until Friday, the 27th of December. So I can't touch, um, Julie's final edit of truth be told until then, or I won't touch it until then. And then I have to cram it into, I think it's about six or seven days to have it ready for the pre pre-order deadline that you get so I'm fairly sure well I I know I can do that because I don't have anything and I'm not writing at the moment so that's the only thing I have to do on those days so um a a little thing that I did when I was in Spain I just got an email from e-reader news today and they were taking bookings for 2020 for their book of the day they so they I've never done an ENT book of the day but they see obviously it's one book a day I assume and they were taking their first quarter, their quarter one submissions. So I thought, you know what? Uh, by that time, by the time that happens, I will have the Walker Bay trilogy already to sell because, um, truth be told, is released on, what is it? Is it January the 6th? Is it? I can't remember the date. It's something like that. January the 6th. Um, truth be told is out. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll just submit for one of those, uh, ENT book of the days. I'll put left for dead on that. Um, it's not a huge amount of money. I can't remember what it is, but it's not a huge amount of money. If I get one, I'll, I'll let you know. And, um, I just thought well, that'll send lots of traffic. It's like a mini book bub. As far as I'm concerned, it'll send lots of traffic towards book one. Cause when I get the trilogy out, I want to start moving people through that trilogy. So I thought I'd put that one in the fire nice and early. Um, and as you know, as the minute that truth be told is released on the 6th of January 2020, I will also be submitting left for dead for a book bub because I want a book bub on that as soon as possible and hopefully touch wood preferably in this financial year I'd like to bank the money on that in this financial year if I can um, those of you who uh, subscribe to the podcast would have noticed that I did a little podcast update last week and I just wanted to try a little bit of technology and so I recorded that five minute podcast update by the sea in Benidorm on my phone and then I downloaded a little app, a little app to actually edit it on my phone. I'm, I'm just trying some kind of cloud-based stuff. And uh, I just wanted to make sure that I could I could do that just as an exercise, really. So uh, those of you who caught the first iteration, the the sound of the sea 
um, will have come in quite abruptly and it will have ended quite abruptly. And what I did, if you, if you download it now, if you've listened to it already, what I then did is I brought a nice fade in on the sea and a nice fade out on the sea. So I've made it slightly more gentle now in what do you call it? Post production. If you're being, if you're being posh, but I was doing that as much as an exercise and as an experiment as, as much to update you, but it just seemed a really good opportunity to just try something a little bit new, um, from my phone. So um, I hope that was a little bit of novelty for you. But what I'm experimenting with is recording those episodes, not at my desk, but recording them in sort of more interesting environments, to be honest with you, and then also being able to edit those on my phone. So um, I hope you caught that uh, episode. And if you did catch it where the, the sound of the sea was a little bit abrupt, it's only a five minute, maybe download it again and just hear how I faded it up and faded it down. It just makes it a little bit um, sweeter, just a little bit better as a piece of audio. Now, let's move on to this week's big news. And while I was in bed in Spain, I, as you know, I listen to podcasts when I, I kind of usually wake up about three in the morning and the podcast keeps sending me back to sleep. And um, I, I woke up and I just looked at my phone, I happened to check the messages. And I'd got a message from John Evans saying, oh, by the way, we're releasing the sci-fi series. We start on, when was it? We start on Monday. And so I, about four with four days notice we were releasing the book now it makes no difference to me because under the contract that we've got um john and james do all the advertising i'm sort of a fairly sort of passive partner i wrote the book or i i, I wrote the the main book uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm passive in terms of the advertising um but uh, you know you just suddenly get this little flurry in your life i thought oh right i kind of written that off until i don't know january or february in the new year i knew it was delayed but um, to suddenly find that it's ready and it's going on Monday, I just thought, oh, blooming fantastic. I'm just really, I was really chuffed about it. I was very excited and really chuffed uh, because as, as I say, you know, I knew, I knew that they were trying to get it ready for December and then that date had slipped and I just thought, oh, they won't release it. They won't release it till the new year now. And, and, and they did. And they're, and they're doing them really rapidly. So the, the first one, uh, you know, at the time of recording this diary, um, the release date is 16th of December. And so the next one is out on the 31st of December. And the one after that is out on the 31st of January. So f- from having, from feeling it was just psychological thrillers and thinking, well, I'll, I'll just wait. I'll wait. And at some point, uh, John and James will be ready to release those books. All of a sudden, I got books coming out of my ears that I'm releasing. Um, so it was just really um, exciting. I was, that was fantastic. So. I got straight on to John James. Um, as you, you'll notice, if you look at my websites, if you look at my social media, um, John sent over the covers. We use Slack to communicate, which is a, a sort of a, a messaging sort of scheduling tool. Um, so John sent me over the covers. I got the covers on social media. I've put the covers. I've updated my sci-fi sites. You know, all, it's all over. You'll see now that where you did have promotions for thrillers, you've now got promotions for thriller, thrillers and, um, my sci-fi books which is which is great and um, i also then scheduled a mailerlite promo uh, to let people know that that was released uh, so that was all very um, exciting now I, I did the mailerlite promo in spain and it gave me the first opportunity i don't know if you use mailerlite but there's a wonderful wonderful function in mailerlite where you can write one email and in this case, this is a re- this was a really good example of how to use those, this MailerLite functionality because in that it was my, basically my last MailerLite email before Christmas, 
And so as well as giving people my general news, which everybody got, I was I wanted to let my sci-fi readers know that I got this sci-fi trilogy out. And I wanted to remind thriller readers that I got Left for Dead and Circle of Lies out, but also Truth Be Told is on pre-sale. And I have essentially, I've, I've got a, a few more lists of this, but I've got three, is it three core lists? Four core lists. I have a list for secret bunker readers. I have a list for grid readers. I have a list for psychological thriller readers. And at the end of the onboarding sequences that they get, they're then asked, are you interested in getting my general author updates? And if they are, they go to a hybrid list, which is sci-fi and thriller updates. And so I used these content blocks in MailerLite so that people who are just interested in sci-fi only saw the sci-fi books People who are only interested in psychological thrillers only saw the psychological thriller books. And people who are interested in my author updates saw both the sci-fi and the thriller books. Now, I love that functionality in MailerLine. It's very easy to use, but it's the first time I've used it properly in anger. So I sent out, um, you know, some really bespoke, customized email messages. And, um, and I love it. It's really easy to use. But for somebody like me who writes in different genres and has different lists, it means that effectively I can write an email that has my general chit chat author news on, and then I can customize the sales messages depending on which kind of books you read. So it works beautifully in that environment. So it was a really good opportunity for me to put that through its paces. So I'm delighted that that, that I'm now, not only am I, I've just, not only have I just released Circle of Lies, I've got Truth Be Told coming out in January, but also in among those psychological thrillers, I've now got three sci-fi books coming out. So I'm doing new releases right through to February now. And, and the sci-fi books feel like three f- free releases and that I wrote them at the beginning of the year. I've completely forgotten about them. I kind of in my head thought, oh, they'll, they'll probably come out sometime in 2020. And now here I find I'm in the thick of, of book releases. Now I, again, I don't have to promote these books other than promoting them through my list and putting them on social media and, and doing the sort of free stuff. John and James, uh, they've got some great contacts. Uh, it, they'll have people, uh, quite big military sci-fi people mailing out for us, but I'm passive in that, in that part of it. So, um, let me tell you what I did then. I, it was all kind of action stations while I was in Spain. I added books one and two to my Amazon author profiles. I brought them into my sci-fi author profile on Amazon. They are only in KDP Select, incidentally. So I did it for my .com and my .co.uk author profiles. I added books one and two. So book book one and book two were on pre-release straight away. Uh, book two, obviously, is on pre-release. And um, book one was is released on the 16th of December. So I also added them to BookBub to enable me to get those BookBub early release notifications because that's obviously of, of, of huge benefit. I created some social promos. I wrote that email to go out on Monday um, and I added the books to all appropriate blog headers. So I've done everything that I can to promote those books in terms of what my obligation is. And John will be doing the work on that now. Um, so I'm, I'm just really happy about that because you know when you just sort of think oh that that won't happen I'll just forget about that and then all of a sudden you think oh great they're coming and all of a sudden these books are out it's really exciting and I'd almost forgotten about them and I can look at the covers and it's just very very exciting so you know I, I'm also delighted um, for reasons that you will find out in the new year when I'm talking about my 2020 goals 
I'm just delighted that I can add that income for three books to my 2019 and 2020 tax year. It was income that I wasn't sure I was going to get in this tax year. So I'm sort of happy that I've written them and that I am now going to be, be able to bank some money from three more books as well as all the others I've written. You know, I'm now going to get the benefit in this tax year from all of my 23 books that I've written. So that feels pretty good. One thing that I know I've got to do, and again, I was maybe hoping to do this in Spain, but because I had this sudden exciting flurry over the sci-fi books, I was kind of hoping that I would be able to maybe get Left for Dead and Circle of Lies paperbacks done. By the time I start promoting it on BookBub, and, and for instance, if I do get this e-reader news today promo, this uh, book of the day promo, I wouldn't do one of those promos without having paperbacks available. Now I've got the paperback files because I, when I, because I use vellum, when I create the ebook files, it creates the paperback files as well. I just haven't got round to listing the paperbacks, but I, I, my kind of deadline target for that is to have all the paperbacks ready by the time truth be told is done so that you know all the ebooks are done and all the paperbacks are available and I, I think I probably told you this already because I'm really hoping that in some way I might be able to get a slot in the this Morecambe crime uh, event that they have I'd really like to do that and when I've got the paperbacks I might directly pitch for that but I am going to pay for proper paperback covers I launched them with my kind of hybrid version of covers so what, what I do I, I kind of have a cheap version of paperbacks where I put the the Amazon covers on the front I use Amazon's cover creator and I use the color picker I use a color picker to match the spine and the background color with the predominant color in the cover and with these covers it's going to be really easy to do that and they look pretty good but I don't then have to get the it means I can have a paperback available cheaply without paying the extra for proper paperback covers but what I will do on those books um, is I do want to get proper paperback cover versions made for them because if I do get to go well what I'd quite like to do is when I when these books are all released and I've got a reasonable number of reviews on them I will probably proactively contact the organizers and say I'd love to do a session here if that's possible and then I'll send them the paperbacks the posh version of the paperbacks um, so that they can have a read and, and see whether they like them or not so I probably will be quite proactive about that but not until I've got the work you know up to quality and got some reviews on it so that's another job that I I it's what I call a chugging job you know the sort of job I can pick up and drop but I do need to get it done by January the 6th, the time that I release uh, Truth Be Told. So um, just to let you know, you know, I've had a lovely time in Spain. It does feel like we're winding down for Christmas now. I've got th you know, three days work and then I'm off to see uh, my mum and my family again and then my mum is coming back. So we're very much in Christmas mode. I will. I, I never kind of stop working. There's always little jobs I could be doing. But when my mum's up, I won't be sitting here doing any kind of sustained work. And then when my mum's back home before New Year, I'm back to it. You know, priorities are getting those paperback covers done and getting truth be told, final edited and ready for release on January the 6th. Um, but I'm sort of feeling, you know, very relaxed. A wonderful, wonderful week in Benidorm. Really enjoyed it. And I, it really does give me a fix getting some sunshine and blue sky at that time of the year. You know, I highly recommend it to, if you find the winter months hard, um, I just, I love the weather and I, I went running every day because it's just, you know, in the, in the UK, you've got to drag yourself outside into the cold. 
Whereas when you're going out into the sunshine and it's warmer, I was running at 8.45 in the morning, it's warm already. It's just a delight doing those things. So yeah, I've got my fix of sunshine and uh, I'm very grateful and pleased for that. Okay, that is it for this diary update, weekending Saturday, the 14th of December. I'll have my final diary update and my quarter four goals review in the next episode. Until then, bye-bye for now. Hello and welcome to Paul's podcast diary update number four for the week ending Saturday the 21st of December 2019. A very brief diary update for this week because there's not a lot be going on and I'm off to see my mum on Thursday so I'll just basically bring you up to date with the few things that are going on um, at the moment and that'll bring you right up to date to Saturday the 21st of December 2019. So um, the first good bit of news is that Truth Be Told, which is the final book to be released in my trilogy, my Morecambe Bay trilogy, and it goes out on the 4th of January or the 6th of January. It's the 6th of January, isn't it? Yeah, it's the 6th of January. Um, So Truth Be Told has had, it's broken my personal record for pre-orders and I've had 126, at the time of recording this, 126 pre-orders for Truth Be Told. So 118 was my prior or my previous record, and that was for two years after. So again, it's always nice to feel that you're you're moving, you're bumping your numbers up all the time, even if they're nowhere near, you know, as good as they need to be. And why I take particular pleasure from that is that that means that, you know, people are reading through from Left for Dead to Circle of Lies, to Truth Be Told. Um, so, um, you know, it's good to get read-through. It's, uh, you want to get read-through, and that's showing me that there is some read-through there. So that makes me very, very happy. So I'll let you know what the final numbers are. We won't know, obviously, what the final pre-order numbers are. How long have we got? We've got about two or three weeks, haven't we? So that might, that might get up to, if I'm lucky, that might. No, I'm not. It might get up to 200. Uh, at the, the the current rate of growth, if it continues at that current rate of growth, it might get to 200. So should we say that as an informal target between us? If I, I'd be very happy if I can get to 200 pre-orders. That would be a real, that would really move the needle for me if we can get to that. But I'm, you know, I'm not hugely hopeful, but at that rate of growth, we, we might get there. So watch this space. I'll let you know what the final tally is in January uh, in terms of pre-orders on that book. But it's, it's got a good head of steam at the moment. Those numbers are going up nice and fast. So um, as I say, why I find that gratifying is it tells me that there's read-through on the books. And that's what you kind of want. I want to know that. By the time I get to listing that book or that listing that series on BookBub, because read through is how I make my money on that. Okay, so on Monday, this gives me great pleasure to tell you this. We released Incursion, the first of my sci-fi, uh, what do what they call them? Not space fantasy, military sci-fi, those military sci-fi books I've written with John and James Evans. And, uh, you know, I just can't tell you how pleased I am about that because I, I really just put it in the back of my mind that all of a sudden I find that I'm releasing them. Uh, I really love those stories. You know, I, you, you know what I'm like. I don't often feel uh, confident with a story, but I did, lo- I did like those stories. The dialogue's great. The action's great. I just, I just feel like they're a good set of books and it gives me the extra confidence that John and James have gone through them as well. And they've been through an editor. So they, they've had a lot of hands over them, those books. So it makes me feel sort of even more confident about them being okay. 
So what I did, as soon as um, John John put book one, Incursion, on pre-release immediately, and he also made the paperback available. I'm just leaning over to get it now. And so, um, I, of course, I wrote these books, and, and obviously I did my my read of them. I handed them over in as good a state as I could to John and James. But I handed these books over, well, nine months ago. So I've completely kind of forgotten them. So if I write with John and James again, I'm going to obviously need to, I need to read the books to see what changes they've made because they will have made, um, say significant changes. They won't have made changes to the story, but they will have had to align the way I've written and the things I've said are the timelines to their universe. It's very important that they get that right. So I'm, I'm really fascinated to sort of read how they've done that. And, and, and what changes they've made. And I know that just flicking through this paperback, I can see they've kept the, the bare bones, the, the story's there. But I'm, I'm going to get this read and I'm really excited about reading it because it's been so long since I've had to bother about that story. It's almost like me reading somebody else's book, not right, reading my own book. So I'm, I'm fascinated to, to read that. And um, the other reason why I'm, I need to get a paperback is I'm going to be underlining stuff. This is going to be my kind of book Bible. So that if I write another trilogy for John and James, and again, this is going to feed into my quarter one goals next year if I write uh, the next set of books for John and James um, this is going to be me reminding myself who, who the characters are um, I need to make notes of what John and James have changed um, and, and that will be effectively my bible moving forward it's also going to refresh me about all the things that I used in this book so um, I'm really excited by that now interestingly I, I'm going to get my tape measure out hang on or the ruler um, this book is bigger than what I do them. I do mine five by six inches usually. And John has done this. It is six inches wide by how many? nine inches high. And I asked John why he'd done that. It doesn't make any difference to me. But I just said, oh, that's interesting. Why did you do that? And apparently um, that's the kind of uh, size that they use in the States. I didn't know that. I always do mine. What, what am I? Five by they're smaller. Um, and, and this is much bigger. Now, the other thing about this is I wrote this book. It was, it wasn't 50,000 words. It was, I think it was in between 50 and 55,000 words. But looking at the size of this book, you know, it's a substantial book. The, the font size is very small. And although it's 50,000 words, it feels really quite substantial as a read. So again, I don't know whether they've padded it out or not, you know, how much they've added or taken away from my text. Um, but this is another reason that makes me really interested to read it because it does look like quite a substantial book. I wouldn't have said if you'd have asked me, you know, is that a 50,000 word book? How many pages has it got? It's got, um, how many pages has it got? 224 pages and a few extras at the back, you know, with the author notes and things like that. So 224 pages for a, a round 50,000 word book. Now, the other thing John has done with this, I mean, the covers are brilliant, by the way. If you haven't seen the covers, we've got a, uh, he's almost, he's one of the big guys in, in, in military sci-fi covers, Christian Callius. Uh, he's done the covers on these. He's kind of, you know, there's a couple of guys um, and gals who you would get to do your covers in military sci-fi. And Christian is one of the big, guys does brilliant covers do have a look at the covers of this series i am i mean just looking at the covers excites me about my own book um clearly if you don't like sci-fi you know it won't do anything for you but if you do i'm sure you'll get excited by the spaceships on those covers because it certainly excites me um so i'm really i'm just really pleased with that the other what i found interesting about collaboration and, and, and why you know you know i was very reluctant to do collaborations at first but i i like learning from other people just seeing how they do things you know john has made this book a different size and for a good reason i didn't realize that 
he interestingly has used the um i i think i usually use the plain white he's used the what do they call it the the cream he's used the cream paper and i actually i actually like that and i think i like i prefer it than the the, the pure white paper now I, I did try cream originally this is four or five years ago when i first self-published i didn't like the cream then i don't know whether they're using a different kind of paper but this paper in this book now feels very much like just a normal traditionally published book um john has formatted it in vellum it looks all lovely and professional you know it's great it's very lovely to be holding a a paperback book so i'm really really pleased about that series getting released it's a really you know brilliant end of year surprise uh that is and just to let you know that on monday um one of the first things i did i said to john we need to do a interview uh, I need to, you know, I've got to, we've got to get this interview booked in because we always said we would as soon as the books were going to be released. And, and we've recorded the interview this on Monday this week. And I just said to John, I'd just like it to be, you know, you and me chatting about the collaboration process. And I do ask him, I said to him, I warned him beforehand. I said, I do need to ask you the question here. You know, I'm a journalist. I can't miss the, the difficult questions. I'm going to ask you what took you so long to get these books out. But you know, um, and so that's fine. He answers that question in the interview and, and says what the delays were. But I did say to him, you know, I, I was thinking about it and, you know, I wrote those books. I, I wasn't, I wasn't even planning those books a year ago. So I planned those books last year in Spain. I started writing them about mid January and I, they were all handed over by the end of March of this year. Now, if you think that I've written, I've planned and written three books, we've got the covers done. John and James had to do the edits. As John will explain, they also had to get their timeline right, their, their universe right before they release these, you know, to make sure that nothing comes back to bite them. Then they had to get proofread and then they had to get produced. And I've been sort of champion at the bit, wanting these things to get released. And I said to John when, when we were talking, I said, you know, to be honest with you, you imagine um, a traditional publisher doing what we've done in a year. You know, we've, we've produced three polished books in paperback and e-back form and and i'm there thinking all oh, this is taking quite a lot of time to do and it's all been done in less than a year it's all going to be done in less than a year now a traditional publisher would not be able to move at that rate so even moving inverted commas slowly we've moved really fast so you know sometimes i think probably i have to just take a rain check um you know because i just produce stuff so fast and think you know what is a humanly reasonable speed and to be honest with you that was those books have been produced at a completely reasonable speed and i think sometimes we do have to watch that we don't set our expectations too high when you're hearing about people writing and releasing one book a month you know there, there is that inclination to just everything to expect everything to be done yesterday but although I, i'm just pleased you know i'm really pleased you'll you'll hear the interview that we do because we're very frank you know i say to john what did i do that caused problems for you and i've told him you know the bits of the collaboration process that that i would like improved if we collaborate again to be honest with you, there's not very many but i said to john i want this to be a sort of frank conversation between us because it will be more use to you you know, not to just hear, oh, it was fantastic. Everybody was great. It was brilliant. But to hear the things that, you know, went well and the things that we could improve on next time, because it will help inform you if you ever do a collaboration and you might go in just, you know, slightly more uh, aware than we were. But it has been a very successful collaboration. And I'm, I'm just delighted now that these books are released in this financial year, because that was kind of my bottom line. I wanted to earn from them in this financial year. And I will now. So, um, so I'm, you know, very, happy with that now the interview with john it'll be quite a long one you know we did talk at length about this but it's going to 
it's going to be released on Monday, the 30th of January, and it's going to run the day before we release uh, book two, Armada, in that series. So you'll hear everything about, you know, what's been going on and what the delays were, what worked, what didn't, what our plans are with that series in the future. And I can give you a plot spoiler. You know, we both would do it again. <laughs> That's the plot spoiler. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we have talked about the positives and, and negatives in there. I hope it'll be a really useful interview um, for you. So pop that date in your diary, Monday, the 30th of December. So that will be a nice little bridge between these special podcast diary updates. I've had um, Kobo promotions running. Um, I did, I think I submitted four. I think I might have got four actually. Um, if, if you're in Kobo, remember my sci-fi books, with the exception of John and James's books, my, my Grid Trilogy, Phase 6 and Secret Bunker Trilogy, they're all wide still. So um, I did sort of think the other day, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really terrible in that all my focus has gone on the psychological thrillers and yet I have units in sci-fi that could be earning money for me and they earn they earn small amounts and when I get my act into gear and do proper promotions on them that they earn slightly more of course um so I did think the other day in my guilt thinking you are a useless marketer Paul you need to get those sci-fi books on some Kobo promos um now if you haven't if you're in Kobo and you haven't got the promotions tab in your menus at the top of your 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 dashboard then you need to just get in contact with Kobo and ask them to add it in but at the moment I've I've just launched between December the 17th and January the 1st I've got the grid uh, in a holiday boxing week sale um so the whole that it, I basically reduced the price of the trilogy um I have still got one pending so I've got um the secret bunker trilogy I've submitted for a UK price drop sale so that's the whole trilogy and that runs between the 5th of January and the 31st of January and then I've had a couple complete in the last week now then where are they I had um the kids and young adult list the grid one that ran between December the 9th and December the 15th and then also running between December the 9th and the 15th I had um the I had phase six going for free so um so I know I shifted some copies, but I have, um, the money that I will make will be from read through on that. So if I have a look at this month, this, this month on Kobo, I have shifted 308 books. So it tells me that I've shifted 308, uh, 308 ebooks. So I can tell you what the numbers are on those. Uh, Darkness Falls, which is, um, the first part of the Secret Bunker trilogy, 137 books. Phase six, 95 books. And the grid one, uh, 69 books. So all of those were free. And of course, I then start to make my money. If people enjoy those books, actually read the blasted things, they then go on to buy the other books. And I have now started to see I am making sales actually on the four quadrants, the grid trilogy box set, uh, the, the secret bunker box set. Um, I've got the two pack quest for justice and catharsis books two and three and regeneration. So I am now selling all of those units. I don't sell a huge uh, amount on, you know, on Kobo. Uh, interestingly, I could tell you that my most popular territories, um, uh, I sold 117 books in Canada this month, uh, 54 in the United States, 33 in Australia, 26 in the UK, 17 in New Zealand, 10 in the Netherlands, five in Belgium, five in Turkey. So, um, you know, don't forget Kobo, he says, trying to remind himself not to forget Kobo. Um, those promotions are really well worth doing. And I don't do a lot on Kobo. You know, I've said to you, if I look at my, if I look at my dashboard here, I've, 
um, I don't know, I can't break this down without burrowing in a little bit further, but I, my all time sales on Kobo, I've sold 18,215 books on Kobo. Those aren't necessarily, they count them as sold, but a lot of those are free. They're not all, they're not all sales, you know, money, money transactions. Um, and, and so my, my income on, from that on Kobo is pretty low. My total income on Kobo is 1,154 pounds and 51 pence. So I'm really bad at, at Kobo. I don't really make much of my money from it. Um, but, but I can make money from Kobo and I have to remember that, you know, that, that I, I need to keep, um, all those plates spinning. I'm, I'm very poor at this, but I, 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 I really with my sci-fi, um, trying to get, as you know, I, I, every month I'm trying to get either the Grid Trilogy or the Secret Bunker Trilogy. I want them back in BookBub. And so sometimes I tend to become obsessed with those monthly submissions to BookBub. And I sometimes forget there are other things I could be doing. Now, I parked another email the other day, and I think it was from Publish Drive. Uh, and I haven't got round to it yet. I've just got sort of too many things on. But I, I've parked the email. And that is that Publish Drive I saw the other day were offering uh, Apple Book promos. And I do need to digest that to look at getting my sci-fi books on Apple book promos as well. So I do need to be on top of this. Um, I'm just, as you know, I'm not brilliant at the marketing. I, I just get sort of distracted. I've been really focused on the psychological thrillers recently, but I just wanted to let you know that I have been getting a little, you know, there's a little bit of a pulse on, on my sci-fi books on Kobo. And just to remind you that you do have those lovely promos on Kobo. Um, many of them are free and most of them are very, very cheap. Three, three quid or six quid. If I pay for one, I'm paying, um, it's three quid or six quid is what I'm paying. So, um, that's, uh, Kobo news. Um, I noticed that my sales had dropped a bit over a couple of days. So I was checking everything and it was interesting that, um, they dropped because do you remember with that Amazon ads? And again, I need to spend more time on Amazon ads. I know, but I have had Amazon ads running on, on, on my trilogies. And I just noticed my sales had dropped off a little bit. And so I was looking at what the reason for that is. And it, as it turned out, it was at the end of November because I, I put $5,000, um, expenditure on each advert per day. And then I set a short time frame for Amazon to spend that. So I'm trying to force Amazon to spend my money on the ads because if you just put like a five pound total budget on it, it'll never spend it. So, um, Basically, I, I put a tight, a, a short time frame on it and all my ads had expired at the end of November. And unusually, um, I don't know why Amazon doesn't send you a reminder to say, you know, this ad had expired because that would be my trigger to, to bump them on for the next month. And, and so I switched them all back on again. I've, I've actually got, you know, only in a small way, I just can't spend the money on Amazon, but I have got ads that are performing perfectly all right. I just can't spend enough on them. Um, so I switched them all back on again and, you know, the, the, the sales are back up again. So I, I am in a very small way having success with Amazon ads. Amazon just won't let me spend my money. Probably the solution, to be honest with you, is to just have loads of ads running. Um, you know, so loads of ads doing little bits of money and all those bits of money will add up. But I do need to revisit Amazon ads. In the new year, I want to go through uh, Mark Dawson's updated training. And I do, again, you know, I need to come back. I keep coming back in phases. I need to come back to looking at the promotion. I've got so many books now. You know, I've got to get on top of this promotion and find ads that work and just keep running them. Um, the other thing is that, of course, Facebook ads are working really well for me at the moment. I'm, I'm really I'm so pleased I'm able to... Uh, 
to consistently advertise on Facebook. You know, I'm running constantly a profit on these ads. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not having spectacular months. I tend to have spectacular months when I have book bubs, uh, but I am bringing in a good steady income. And I, and I attribute a lot of that at the moment to Facebook ads. They're, they're the thing that's working for me. And I've got them working at all my, all my books, particularly my trilogies. I, I do need to get, I haven't got Facebook ads working on my sci-fis. I need to get to that. I need to get some decent images. I need to come up with some decent ads. So Facebook ads are really working for me. Amazon ads are working for me in a small way. Facebook ads are working really well for me with low clicks and, and sort of evidence of sales of an activity on the Facebook pages. Um, I've come out of BookBub ads at the moment because I was spending too much money on them and I've come out of email promos at the moment. But again, um, if you just catch up with me for the last four weeks, you'll see where I'm up to. And when I get to January, when I'm talking to you about my 2020 goals and my quarter one aspirations, you'll get a greater sense of, of what my plans are and what's coming next. So I'll, I'll just keep my powder dry on all of that for a little while, just so I can release the information in a, in a chronological order rather than confuse the life out of you. And um, when I was in Spain, it was interesting. I listened to my goals for 2019 so um, I, if you i got back from spain last year and just recorded them and i just thought well every now and this is why i like these diaries every now and then i'll i'll just go way back and listen to an old diary and then it's fascinating to be able to sort of hear where i was and how much money i was making and what was frustrating me at the time and what my difficulties were and i listened to my my goals from a year ago um, and I couldn't believe how tame they were compared with what I achieved. So my aim was to have 20 books done by the end of this year. I have, I have 23 and, and, and delightfully they're all launched by the end of this year as well. Um, which is fabulous. My, my aim last year was to do six park runs per quarter. And I think I've pretty well done a park run every weekend this year, except for maybe one or two that I couldn't do, maybe three now in Spain. Um, so I, I've done, far more runs far far more runs than 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 just part runs this year i've been running often in summer on tuesday and thursday evenings and i i I ran every day when i was in spain sometimes doing 10 kilometer runs so i'm running all over the place at the moment so i I think i pretty well when i got back from spain pretty well did have done a part run every weekend this year except for about three weekends when, when i just couldn't do it um so that was a really tame target that was um, and I got, I had my weight target as well. And my weight now is, is already, uh, you know, all my, I hit all my goals re- really early with, with, with the running and all my writing targets really early. So it was fascinating to just go back and listen to those targets and say to you that I wasn't sure whether I was going to achieve them. And then to be here a year later to say, well, we smashed those targets and, and my, my, I, I was, I aimed too low. Um, frankly, uh, I should have aimed a bit more ambitiously at the beginning of the year. So I will bear that in mind when we get to quarter one, when I start to set my targets for quarter one. Okay. That's it for my author diary up to Saturday, the 21st of December. You've now had four author diary updates. It's time now to move on to my quarter four goals review. Having brought you up to date then, let's take a look at my quarter four goals review. This is for the period October to December 2019. And clearly at the beginning of this quarter, the emphasis was on getting the books written. So um, I'm looking at these goals now and all the ticks that I've done. And it, it felt quite formidable when I was writing it down 
on my planning board. And there will be a photo of this, by the way, on the show notes for this week, episode 181. So let's go through that. I had to, I was halfway through Circle of Lies in October. So I picked up from um, 45,000 words and I then had to get through to 75,000 words and Circle of Lies had to go through my edit, Judy's edit and my last edit. So it got three edits plus it had to be written and that was achieved. Obviously that book was released um, last Monday. So that's, that's been completely turned around in this quarter. The, the bulk of this quarter has been dominated by truth be told the book whose name i keep forgetting and so i started that book i went from you know zero words right through to seventy-five thousand words and i got edit one done it's gone to julie now so i'll be ticking off edit two and edit three uh, will will just slightly go into the, the next quarter so i think when i finish editing that book the last day of editing that book is actually the first of january and it has to be submitted on the second of january so that that particular target it'll get done but it will just i just have to do it one day after in, into january so i won't carry that target forward i'll just count it as a as a quarter four goal achieved there was a big change, of course, with Paul's podcast diary this year. So originally I was going to be recording the diary every week. Um, and we, we picked up Paul's podcast diary at episode 173. This is episode 181. Um, so we could have gone to, if I'd have kept recording the diaries, I think would have been about episode 184 by now. So we've missed, uh, three or four, three diaries. I think it is three or four diaries, three or four weeks diaries. Um, but actually when I was counting the diaries, uh, and, you, and I'll tell you more about this in my quarter one goals, it actually works really sweet for a, um, a podcast diary sort of anniversary. So, you know, although it might be an annoyance to you not to have uh, the last three or four weeks diaries in terms of my kind of, um, you know, OCD scheduling of these things, it does actually, it is actually going to pan out quite nicely with my plans for 2020. So um, I know that's no consolation to you if you miss the diary episodes, but it did work quite neatly when I did all the counting up. So we got the diary done and I had intended to go through to episode 184, but I didn't. We're on 181 now. And we have missed a couple of weeks worth of, I say, I say we've missed a couple of weeks worth of diaries. We haven't because as you know, you've just heard all the updates. I did record the diaries. I just didn't release them. So in terms of rapid release, in this quarter, I rapid released uh, So Many Lies. I also released Two Years After, Friends Who Lie. We had Box Set 1 released, Box Set 2 released. Also, I released Left for Dead and Circle of Lies. So how many, how many, so one, two, three, four, that's five books and seven products released in this quarter. And of course, because now uh, this wasn't even scheduled, because we've also got Incursion and Armada, I'm adding even more books to that now, but they weren't even scheduled because I didn't know they were coming. So it's, it's not bad, is it, for a quarter for releasing books? Now, I, I know I don't want to dwell too much on the on the park run stuff, but this is part, you know, this is part of being a healthy author. So I didn't want to touch on this without going into great detail. But I wanted to do some park run tourism. And park run tourism is where you go and do a run somewhere else. And um, I'm, I'm quite enjoying this. My wife and I nip it off for a weekend and doing a park run somewhere different. So I got three park run sort of tourism sessions in in this quarter, which was great fun. I've been park run volunteering. My target is to have 25 volunteer events in um, by uh, my birthday in March 2020. So I got, I, I will have, by the time this quarter is completed, I will have got, 
I started on 12 volunteering and I will finish this quarter on 20 volunteer sessions. So I've done eight volunteering sessions. Um, so basically I pretty well always volunteer when I'm doing a home park run in Carlisle. You don't volunteer when you're at an unfamiliar run. You, I do volunteer in Carlisle and I'll, I'm volunteering on Christmas day. I'm running and volunteering on Christmas day. So I'll be bumping up my, my volunteer sessions as well. So, you know, park run has continued. I also have done park run 36 and we will finish this quarter on park run 46. Remember my target was 50. That was too tame. I think I'm going to hit probably 60. I think by the time we hit my 55th, my 55th birthday. I think I'll have done 60 part runs by then. Um, but I'm obviously I'm on target to hit my original target, which is 50. I extend that to 55. I think we'll probably hit about 60 um, by the time we hit my birthday in 2020. Um, we had some fun, as you know. You know, even if you're working hard, you've got to have some fun. Um, I've been to Glasgow, been to Newcastle, been to Berlin, been to Benidorm, been to visit one of my kids at university, going to see my mum. We went to spend a day in Morecambe, went to Hesham Port, visited the Midland Hotel. So in spite of all this work getting done, there's also been plenty of fun in there. I went to see Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark in concert, went to see Ben Elton, went to see Still Game, which is a comedy at the Hydro in Glasgow, went to see Adam and the Ants in Carlisle. So, um, you know, I, as you know, um, I like to work hard, but I know myself and I, I can't just work, 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 work. I need these low ACs of fun and light in my life. And um, that's a pretty good quarter, actually. <laughs> you can't moan about going to Berlin and Benidorm in the same quarter, can you? Um, so, you know, I'm very happy with that month in terms of activities. That was a lo lovely month. I've done some lovely stuff this month. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I also did some training. So as you know, um, I work three days a week. And I also have contracts um, to deliver on certain funded projects. And uh, you know, um, I, I wound back the work that I did in those projects when I took the three days a week. I, I took the three days a week because I was doing so much work on the projects. It was kind of like a chicken and egg situation. I said, well, I'm, I, might, I might as well do this now. Um, but um, so, so because I finished writing, I always like to try and fit in a bit of extra work if I can. So I did a Facebook ads training event on the 29th of November. And obviously those can be quite lucrative too. It's a nice little learning day there. Um, so, so I did a, a corporate training on the 29th of November and I'll keep doing those. And I just slot them in around the writing. Um, and also I'm trying to work out what have I got on here? Oh yeah. So, um, you'll, you'll see sort of even I couldn't work out what it was. I've been doing extra runs and I've just kind of recorded those. I do them in different places. So I've just recorded my extra runs in, on, on my targets. But to be honest with you, I don't think I'll do that next quarter. Um, I, I'll probably, I'll mark the, the park runs for as long as I have targets set. Um, but I, I've done lots of extra running this quarter. And to be honest with you, I can't, I can barely keep up with it because I'm running, you know, about three times a week, sometimes four times a week now. So all that you'll see on article 11, if you look at the photograph on the show notes, you'll see that, uh, there's BR Thurs, uh, BR Mun, WT Sun and CP Thurs. And that's just shorthand for the, the, the locations where I'm doing the runs. Uh, it just helps me keep track, but I think I've lost track of, of recording those. So it's not fully comprehensive that. 
And I do have one last job. I, my my accounts are an absolute mess at the moment, my business accounts. I have not looked at my accounts. Oh, I just can't face it. But I haven't looked at my accounts since I started Rapid Release. I have a whole quarter's worth of accounts to keep up with. Now, just to let you know that um, my accounts all come into QuickBooks. So it's linked up to my business bank account. So QuickBooks brings in all my transactions. And so what I've got to do um, and I'm going to be doing this as a job over Christmas and, and in the evenings while I'm not writing. And I'm so far behind with it. It just makes me think, oh, I can't face this. I hate doing accounts. But basically, I've got to reconcile. Oh, there's so many of them. Three months worth of transactions in QuickBooks. And I've been saving um, screenshots and you know PDF files of all the receipts I've done. If you think of all the ads I've been paying for in this course, I've been saving all these uh, you know receipts, and I got to I've got to reconcile all the bank outgoings and income in QuickBooks. Three, it's probably over. It's probably about four months worth, um, and I then got to attach the um, you know the payments, the receipts for all of those. So I've got a full record of my accounts for this financial year. And I knew I was putting it off. And really, the only way to do those accounts is do it as you go along. But I'm such a naughty boy. I don't do it. And now I am going to pay the punishment. I'm going to pay the price for that. So I've got to, this is the last thing, item 12. I've got to get my accounts reconciled, uh, hopefully by the new year. So I, I really, what I'll probably do with that is I'll probably put some music on and I'll just do it bit by bit by bit by bit. It's just a drudgery um, job that i got to do. Um, but with year end coming up uh, at the end of March, you know, was it uh, April the 5th? I've got to keep on top of my accounts and I have kind of half done it. It's just the reconciliation I've got to do. Um, so I, I might think about an accountant again next year. I am, I am, I'll talk to you about quarter one goals, you know, later. I am thinking about potentially going limited company again from uh, April 6th next year. And if I go limited company, um, I might get an accountant back in again to do the books I'll have a think about it, but I'll let you know when we get to call to our goals. But I hate doing the accounts. I'd rather just sign them off and let somebody uh, take care of it. But as, at the moment, I'm a sole trader. The accounts are pretty straightforward, you know, so I've been doing them in QuickBooks and just doing the reconciliation myself. Uh, QuickBooks does make it very easy. Okay, so that's pretty well it for my quarter four goals. Um, you know, there was a little bit of tweaking around the running, a little bit of tweaking around the diaries, but the big goals, which were the writing and publishing goals, I hit all of those goals. And I'm now beginning to think about my quarter one 2020 goals. And I will communicate those to you in episode 182, which will drop in your feed on Saturday, the 4th of January. So on Saturday, the 4th of January, 2020, brand new year, I will have two more catch up diaries. There won't be an awful lot in there, but I'll just let you know what I've been working on over Christmas of the new year period. Plus, I will be revealing my 2020 writing plans and I'll be giving you an update on what's happening with the podcast. Till then, enjoy your seasonal break. A very happy 2020 to you when the new year and new decade arrive in your part of the world. And I will speak to you very soon. Remember, we've got that interview episode with John Evans coming up on Monday, the 30th of December. And then Paul's Podcast Diary, episode 182, dropping into the feed on Saturday, the 4th of January. So plenty coming up, plenty of listening to do. I will speak to you very soon. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days.
Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.